all you cool combatants. It's uh, the, the, I don't even remember the number. It's uh, 189. I'm the pothead it's, it's here. One, it's 189 of the Fake Nerd Podcast. We're all just at home. Still. Still. Yep. I mean, I have my job back. Continuing so. the Corona saga. Kind of. Kind of. Continuing the Corona saga. Uh, it's it's me, Sparks Witty, and uh, my friend, Ryan Eliopoulos. I'm excited to be here. Who's uh, not sick of me yet. Not yet. And uh, Brandon McClure. Hi. You forgot the T. Oh, I'm so sorry. Brandon T. McClure. Oh, man. And, uh, been and Ben Magnet. You know what I wish? I wish all you guys could just get over here. Just give me 10 minutes. You know what? I'm not going to do it now that you're so aggressive about it. God, dude. <laughs> you me, would you please enter my vicinity? Play hard to get. get. As always, <laughs> hello, Just Rican. Hi, Just Rican. Rod? Thanks for stopping by, bud. Yeah, uh, yeah we are. We're, we're back. Um, you made a mistake, uh, Sparks. We are, I'm not in my home. I'm in a new home. You're in a also, home? It's also my home. I moved. In the last two weeks, which is why we couldn't do it last week uh, for multiple reasons, but yeah, we're, we're back this week. Mm-hmm. How's your new pad? Uh, it's good. It's coming along in a lot of boxes uh, in the living room right now. But I got my own office space, which I'm recording from here. Get a little privacy instead of the ruckus of my bedroom slash living room slash family room that I had last time. Yeah, <laughs> the all room, the all room studio apartment I lived in. The all encompassing room. There is the no other. Uh, yeah, big upgrade. Went from a studio apartment to a three-bedroom. Nice. That's a, that's a 200% upgrade. Yeah, so I'm really, really excited to, to be here. Uh, I had a quite, quite, quite the interesting couple of weeks, though. <laughs> yeah. So who wants to go first about what they did for the last two weeks? I vote Ben. Ben, uh, you're up. I've been outvoted. You're uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, well... I got a lot of video gaming stuff done. I guess the biggest thing that I finished is I finished Final Fantasy VII Remake. The, nice. It, the game is beaten. Uh, I have a bunch of side stuff I could do, but I want to give Ryan the chance to play it first because also I want to beat other games because I want to get Trial of Mana because apparently someone I went to school with back at uh, mine and Brandon's alma mater, CSUN, she's a voice of a major character in that game. So I And also I've, I play the demo, I love the demo, and, I can't, and the game's getting good reviews, which is good for me. And I told myself I'm not going to get Trials of Mana until I beat at least two more games. Those games most likely being Doom and Nier Automata. So once I beat those, I could finally uh, get Trials of Mana with a clear conscience. I'm proud of you, Ben. And also, we, uh, myself, Ryan, Sparks, and even Brandon, we've been playing a whole lot of video games. Uh, yeah. Played some Battlefront, a whole lot of Battlefront. We've been playing Overwatch. I lost my TV remote, so I can't turn on my TV. But hey, I have internet. You have internet? That's good. That is very good. Okay, so that's the thing about smart TVs that I don't understand. Smart TVs uh, need a remote. Obviously not to turn it on. I can still turn it on. But I can't go anywhere because you need the remote. Now, why would they make something so so easily lost? Yeah. That needed. I have no idea. That's that's awful. That's the system. I bet you I bet you you can't use your TV, but you could download like an app or something silly. Uh, probably. <laughs> yeah. Maybe possibly. The future. Wow, there's if there's like remote apps for your phone that connect to your TV that you know Dude, I can turn my light on with my phone. So like yeah. it's my, in the future. my remote is somewhere in a box in the living room. I will find it. Okay. <laughs> I can't yeah. use the TV until I do. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I think one of the, like, the coolest instances when uh, Sparks and I, it was just him and I, we were put on a Battlefront run together. We were doing co-op, and co-op is a bunch of AI opponents. There was this one run. We were the clones on Kamino, and we had to stop the droids from attacking. Sparks and I held shit down. It was freaking glorious. He held one position. I We were like the, the, the 300 Spartans holding down Thermopylae. Droids were coming at us wave after wave, and we were just mowing them down. I had like 20 kills that round. Sparks had like 25 kills just between the two of us, and we were able to save Camino from the from the droids. It was awesome. It was it was way more kills than that. You and I had that as kill streaks. Oh, that's right. That's right. So you guys are you guys want to talk about the Ewok? The Ewok, uh, Ewok hunt? You mean the best mode in that game? Awesome. <laughs> Fanny loves that mode. She absolutely loves that. Yeah, that was, um, I never played that before. I haven't played Battlefront in years, and so way before they added that, that that that's incredible. That was yeah, a lot. That's, that's relatively new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for those of you who don't know at home, um, you know, obviously Battlefront Two is a like uh, shooter you can play with your friends, Star Wars stuff. But Ewok Hunt is a is a like uh, predator esque mode where the stormtroopers, uh, it's completely dark out, and you just have flashlights, and you're just supposed to survive the night, and it's pitch black, and Ewoks are trying to kill you, and it's very spooky, and it turns into a completely different game. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. killed by an Ewok, you turn into an Ewok. Yeah, it's like, Ewok. It's like uh, zombies. If you ever played Halo, the old school infection yeah, it's mode, like zombies. Uh, it's like both Ewoks. And uh, when we tried that out, uh, none of us played it, and we immediately all fell in love with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that mode alone by description is what made Travis buy it. Yeah, play. we got a friend to buy the game because yeah. of that. I want to say that one of my favorite parts about Ewok Hunt is that there's only two emotes you have when you're a Stormtrooper. It's a trap and crying. Yeah, you just love it. You're always crying. <laughs> that is absolutely it. Nothing else happens. It's just a stormtrooper crying and saying, oh, no, it's a trap. Because there are traps. I've gotten killed by a few traps before. Yeah, there's booby traps. Uh, you run into them, you get hit by logs or a spike oh, trap. Yeah, it's great. Uh, let's see. Also, it was my girlfriend's birthday last Yay. week. So we celebrated her birthday. So happy, happy birthday. birthday. I love it. It's also my mom's birthday. They share a birthday. Oh, happy nice. birthday. Happy birthday. And Fanny got Animal Crossing for her birthday. So she got. She's been playing that. She's been playing that quite a bit. I barely touched it, but eventually I'll probably start hopping on more and going to some islands. Maybe a island that one of the people here has. As so, I'm talking yeah. directly at Ryan. As, <laughs> so now that I've like I've quote unquote beaten the story mode, uh, I haven't touched it in a while just because mm -hmm. I have so many other games. But um, when you get to a point where you got a lot going on, then we can. And we can hook up. Yeah, you also have a new one that I just loaned you, and that get oh, yeah, I freaking love Final Fantasy. I'm not gonna spoil anything. That yeah, that game Final Fantasy VII after you beat it. Uh, yeah. And I just gotta, I gotta delete seven games or wait for my new hard drive. Yeah, <laughs> no, guys, Final Fantasy VII remake. I cannot wait to see what Square does. It truly, it's a great game. I loved it. I love. I mean, there are. I have a few nitpicks here and there, but oh, it's so good, so good. I'm glad. Yeah, That's and cool. besides that, I did my uh, my thing with Downright Nerdy. We actually took the week off last week as well. We just did our episode today for Dragon's Wrath. We're almost to the end. We're gonna do. We're gonna finish the last the final six chapters next week, and then the week after, we're gonna do a discussion on the whole book. So, woohoo! We got that going for us. Nice. Awesome. And, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Just been playing video games. Just been uh, going to work, <laughs> trying to survive, and uh, get through coronavirus. Yeah. 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 Ryan, you went back to work this week? Yeah. Um, they asked me because uh, 
uh, for those of you who don't know, I work at I worked at a sushi restaurant, a pretty popular one in our city. Uh, and they've been getting really, really busy with their takeouts. So uh, I went back. I did a many positions at that place, but I went back to being a, a sushi prep. So I'm making, I'm prepping food uh, two days a week now. Just, I'm trying to keep it as low hours as I can so I can get that sweet, sweet Uncle Sam money. Yeah. yeah. I've been enjoying that one. Uh, yeah. I got my, I got my, uh, I got my first uh, check last week. And I was like, oh, is this what it's like? <laughs> it's what it's like. When that when the when the when the stimulus kicked in, I was like, "Ooh, can I not go back to work?" Ooh, yeah. Can this? <laughs> can I just get? I feel bad for people, but you can't say that because that's exactly what the Republicans are saying. Like, why they can't keep you're giving right. that universal basic income right. because they won't go back to work. <laughs> you're absolutely right. But here's the thing: uh, I would go back to a different job, but that's I don't want to go back to the one I had. Yeah, but that's on you, though. That's not government. Absolutely. <laughs> oh. I'm trying to tell the government, I will go back to work, yeah. but keep giving me the money. Well, yeah. Actually, there is one thing I, I did get. I haven't started it yet, but I'm actually looking forward to it. Uh, Sparks and Ryan, I think you guys know this, but uh, because of like COVID-19 and everything is going to shit, um, I actually got a – I enrolled myself in a coding class, like a teach yourself how to code thing. Oh, one of those – one of the ones that is really discounted. Yeah, and because yeah. this this uh this quiz, it's like you do it's all your own schedule. You decide when you want to take a class. You decide when you want to do your lessons and everything. It's all on you. You just like pay for the materials and everything. The course itself originally retailed at twenty three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I got it for forty bucks. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that stuff going online. Yeah. So Ben, do you need a computer for that? I I I'll probably just use my girlfriend's laptop. Okay. That'll and work. How old is that laptop? Because if you're trying to code new games. You kind of need a good computer for that, my friend. I know, I know. Well, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just being real with you. I know, I know, okay. I know. The good thing is, I, I have it. It's mine forever. So, in case a technical hiccup does happen, I'm still. I there's ways for me to get around it. But that's something interesting for me. So now I can learn a new skill. Yeah, that's cool. It. Yeah, right uh, after you brought that up, I saw that the Disney Code Illusion program is like doing two free weeks for people. Yeah, I've seen bunch of different uh online like film classes comic classes like all types of people are like hey here's discounted or free shit to help you out mm-hmm. it's great yeah. um ben do you have anything else uh nope uh real quickly i think we should mention mainframe comic-con oh yeah this did happen uh last right last week right yeah last, last Saturday, week. friday uh, we were on last friday yeah we were on last but i just want to say congratulations to mainframe comic-con it was a huge success yeah uh they had I a lot of it. I'll watch a couple of those uh, streams. Yeah, they had they had a lot of really cool guests and uh, Comic Core. If you guys are checking us out, uh, thanks for letting us be on it. Uh, and uh, hopefully, you guys can keep doing that. That was a really cool thing, you know, yeah. trying to get people out there to a convention, even though we can't go to a convention. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Next best thing. Yeah. And despite being interrupted, we got to do a really cool interview we never would have ever gotten to do before. That's true. So I, right. I appreciate that as a fan of that guy, of Michael Berryman. That was Michael. Michael Berryman or Michael Barrymore? Berryman. Berryman, yeah. I wasn't familiar with the actor, so I was like, I don't have anything to add here. No, it's you're cool. Um, uh, I'll, go, I'll go next because I already started that. Um, like I said last week, you know, I, I had this big move, moved into this place. Um, lost my cat for a day. That was horrible. Yeah. Uh, but we found him. He's safe and sound. Um, but I was able, I wasn't able to do a whole lot because of everything that was going on uh, with the move and then the cat and and everything but I, I did finish two shows uh one one a week uh i finished star wars resistance 
Uh, both seasons are on Disney Plus now, so I finished the second season. Uh, that show is that show gets progressively more okay. It doesn't necessarily get better. It just kind of gets more okay. Ringing endorsement, right? Yeah. I was because like as the as Clone Wars and Rebels went on, they got better mm-hmm. and they got really engaging. But Resistance doesn't. Resistance well, has always felt like the one that was what I feared Rebels would be when they announced it. We just which is just like well, which is just like what if all these like really young kids were doing hijinks in the Star Wars world? And I don't it's like yeah. no adult characters tied in yeah. like as part of the crew or anything. It's like the really like kiddie stuff. Like a young adult. Star- yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, yeah. I'm not here for that. Thank you. <laughs> and Rebels yeah. luckily wasn't that. Right. There was there was a lot of like there was a lot of that. And some some episodes are pretty good. Like Kylo Ren shows up for for a little bit. General Huck shows up for a little bit. Um I think there's some good characters like General um General Pyre is really cool and Major Tyranny. They're pretty cool characters for the First Order. Major um, Tyranny? Yeah. <laughs> it's really really heavy. Oh, who, who was that the same guy who named Savage Oppress? Maybe. Um well yeah, Dave Filoni. Um <laughs> Wait, Dave Filoni yeah. controls the show, or Dave Filoni is a is the executive producer of the show, but he doesn't have a creative hand in it because he was working on Mandalorian at the same time. Gotcha. So, which is honestly why I think the quality fails. I was about uh, to say because normally with Filoni, his track record is first season good, but not the best. Seasons two through the end, amazing. Yeah. So, and it's kind of unfortunate that I think maybe Resistance had more time to go. It was they say it was only only supposed to be a season, uh, two seasons, but there are plot plot threads that just kind of don't go anywhere, um, and our things are introduced in the end of the towards the end of the season that are just like by the next episode they're like never mind, yeah, never mind we're coming to the end. I just wish that it was a show that was actually about the Resistance during that sequel era time and not just about. Some kids in the resistance. Yeah, yeah. But it, like more they're not part of the resistance. They're not part of the resistance because they're trying to run away from the resistance in the first order. They're like, we don't want to be a part of the resistance. So I'm like, your show is titled Resistance. Is it how they actually join the resistance though? So eventually, by the end of the by, towards the end of the thing, you know, they're just like, okay, I guess we can't we can't run away from this fight forever, and then it ends. It ends pretty close to the rise of Skywalker, so oh. the characters in the rise, the characters at the battle, of, the characters end up at the Battle of Exegol. Weird. Yeah, that sounds really fast. Yeah, the whole the whole second season is between oh. the Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker. Huh. You think there would be some good shit there? Yeah, you'd, you'd really think, but there's not wow. because they keep kind of being like, "Oh, wait, wait remember we were a racing show?" Oh, and, then, <laughs> and they're oh, just Lord. like. We gotta do a racer. We gotta do a race. No, we, no, we don't. Yeah, I that was there was there's was... Star Wars Fast and Furious by DreamWorks. Star they, Wars they like, they yeah. go to this casino where where a hut is controlling the space casino and they're like, We need to do a race. And I'm just like, You really don't. You could just leave. <laughs> I mean the um, door's right there. You could just walk through it. Uh, I don't see any armed guards anywhere. But it was it was fine. It was whatever. Um, but Clone Wars is great. Season seven of the Clone Wars is incredible. The last two episodes were holy, holy shit, you guys. The last two episodes of the Clone Wars. I bet they're great. Uh, I'm gonna be 100 percent honest. Um, I didn't need four episodes of all that Ahsoka stuff. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, did you watch? The, have you watched the last three episodes of Clone Wars? No. 
Uh, okay. I'm sure they tie in, but like, if this is the final season, this is the Game of Thrones situation where like, where's your real estate? Where are you using it? I, I think the having seen, especially the first episode of Siege of Mandalore, uh, you 100% need those Ahsoka episodes. You need to know where Ahsoka is by the time you get to the Siege of Mandalore. Uh, I'm caught up, and I'll say that I don't think you need the first of those four. I thought the, the first episode of that four about Ahsoka meeting up with the sisters that felt was like filler, really tedious. Like so, like I didn't need any of that. There, I think the I think the second two episodes are pretty solid. Truthfully, I like the Ahsoka stuff. I, I agree, it's not like the best stuff. I like uh, Ahsoka. I like seeing a different part of Kessel. I yeah. like seeing the Pikes more. Yeah. I like all that part. What I don't like is that they escape only to get captured again and have to escape a second time. Oh my God, that annoyed me so and much. And I don't like the first episode of her meeting the sisters, which makes everything else feel more dragged out. Mm-hmm. Sure, I, 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 won't, I won't argue. I won't even attempt to argue that. Um, but the way the arc ends when it leads into uh, that she finds out where Maul is and the Mandalorian yes. coming that's, to it. That's all great. That's all great buildup for Siege of Mandalore. It doesn't mean that those four episodes as an arc are solid enough it felt, it felt on their own. They it felt, felt meandering a little bit. And I understand that like as only getting a set amount of stories in this last season, especially when you break it down, it's just three stories. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ahsoka one, where has Ahsoka been since she left the Jedi Order, should have felt a little tighter and a little stronger. Mm-hmm. I um, it, felt, it felt more like um, it felt more like the it's not bad, but it's not what I wanted in this last season kind of thing. Much more like the Jar Jar Binks Mace Windu episodes from the sixth season. Sure. Where it's like, yeah, this is fine. It's not what I come to Clone Wars for. Yeah. yeah. And that's, then that's a bummer. In the final season, that's a bummer. I think the... I think personally, I think the issue is when they promote it as like the final season. The Clone Wars has never been about an overarching season. They've always been about self-contained story arcs. Um, and that, that's where I think probably it was a little misleading to be like, this is the final thing, but you have the Bad Batch and they have the Soak and then you have the Siege of Mandalore. Yeah, I, I, are very, are very desperate. Yeah, I kind of, I, I agree, but I still think that the story about where Ahsoka has been between Siege of Mandalore and leaving the Jedi Order could have been stronger. Sure. Uh, I don't think it's told as well as other things in Clone Wars have been. Sure. I really like the Siege of, the, the, the not Siege of Mandalore, though, that's really great. Um, the Bad Batch episodes I really liked. I thought those yeah. were really solid. No, yeah, again, like I, those first four episodes I really like, and then we just go to a completely other area. And I'm, I'm glad Ahsoka's back, but I'm like, this feels so separate. And just like, let's just go on a random adventure. And like, that'd be cool if this were season three. It's not. It's the final season. I know that. I know it's different for you, Brandon. Like compared, like when when I hear the final season, I expect that this this is leading into Revenge of the Sith. We see Order sixty six. This is the finality of the Clone Wars. It should feel like it. It shouldn't um, drag. Uh, I do want to touch on, just because we're talking about it, like, I know you're not caught up on Siege of Mandalore, but you are. Um, I, I like the Siege of Mandalore episodes, but something hit me in that third episode that made me go, you know, some of Clone Wars doesn't totally jive with all of Star Wars, and it's acceptable because I like the show, but I all of a sudden went, I don't think that the mistrust of Anakin in episode three works anymore with Clone Wars. No, it doesn't. He's a, he's a competent commander in that in the last couple seasons, especially according to Mace Windu. Yeah. And Mace Windu then goes in episode three and he's like, I don't know, Anakin. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm like, well, was, I, I really, I got the same, I got the same, uh, I got the same thing, the same thought when they, when Obi-Wan says to Ahsoka, is like, 
uh, we can't we can't uh, interrogate Count Dooku. And Ahsoka's like, why? Why not? It's like because Anakin killed him. I was like, would Clone Wars Anakin kill Count Dooku? I don't think so. It, it suddenly it suddenly felt a little weird. Yeah. It suddenly yeah. felt like, oh, I don't know that we did all the legwork we needed to. I've seen some of this discourse online too. And yeah. what it is is that I really like that Filoni made Anakin this charismatic, and uh, and you can see where people liked him and where he was supposed to be this heartful adventurer. However, I now realize in hindsight, Clone Wars tripped up in the last couple seasons because they should have done more work to build the Anakin falling away thing. And I will say that the Bad Batch episode leans into it because Anakin murders one of the Separatist leaders yeah. in the Bad Batch episodes, mm -hmm. which is a nice nod to it, but it's not enough because Mace Windu and the other Jedi don't look at him differently because of it. They don't yeah. have this sense of like, Anakin, maybe the war's taken you a little far. Yeah, There's none of that kind of prelude. And then it's just Revenge of the Sith happens. And it's like, oh, he's got a grimace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that 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 doesn't land the way I wish it did. And to be honest, it's one of those things where I'm glad that they haven't totally violated the Tartakovsky stuff. You and I have talked about this, Brandon, that you just have to separate the cave story with Anakin from the Grievous capture. And if you separate those two stories, they're totally functional as canon. Yeah. And at least that kind of helps the Anakin build if that cave story happens before the Siege of Mandalore. Yeah, but, yeah I agree. But... Uh, I, I do wish they kind of built more into, especially because Mace Windu is present in the season and not showing any distrust of Anakin yeah. at all. In fact, quite the opposite. Uh, I want to put a pin in that because I think there's a longer discussion to be had uh, with Clone Wars Season 7 specific specifically. Um, and say that I finally watched Neon Genesis Evangelion. How much of it? Uh, the entire season. Oh, oh my God. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cry, Brandon. That's what happened. I started and finished it this this week. Ben, you guys got farked. You, look at you. You, you, you skipped, Ben. Ben, it's been three weeks. Yeah, I know. Ben, it's I, been years. <laughs> you said, remember last time you're like, oh, I'm gonna fin I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna finish it. It doesn't count saying you're gonna finish it. You gotta do it. Tell me all about it, Brandon. Uh, I, if I don't know, well, don't spoil it. I'm only I'm halfway not through. Not going to spoil you anything. Spoil it, dude. No, th that's true, because what I was about to say is uh, nobody told me what the show was. Nobody, I've never, I never understood what the show was. You just After, know robots. I just knew robo robots and monsters. And, and like, I've never, I've only ever been told that. And watching it, I'm like, holy shit, what is this? I'm not about the robots. <laughs> it, and so, like, all the things, like, I've had conversations with my friend Kirk about it. I've had friends with my former roommate Amanda about it. And all I've ever heard was, it's like Pacific Rim. No. That's all I've ever heard about this show. And so I'm just like, so I go in there, I go in there, and, I'm, and I watch the first episode. So I'm like, oh, I could see the Pacific Rim connection. And then after that, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> there's, there's a specific episode where things just change. Yeah. Where it's just not the same show anymore. And you probably know what I'm talking about, Brandon. There's something mm -hmm. with one of the robots that something happens. And you're like, what is going on? And then yeah. the next two episodes are uh, batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I was so I was very surprised that not every episode has a mech fight. Like, most mech anime, mm -hmm. um, not every episode does that. It's very interpersonal. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, by the end of the season, I guess closure? You, well, you should movies, definitely right? watch. What? What? 
because there's the movies that are also on Netflix that you need to watch, right? Yes. That, uh, yes. that brings the whole thing into a circle, that's right? Why, that's why I brought this up. Because yeah. uh, the ending... <sighs> um, it's, confusing. So what, it's confusing. What do I watch now? <laughs> watch... Okay, so if you want to, you can watch um, the first movie, but it's basically a clip show of the series. So okay. you don't really need to watch it. Watch End of Evangelion. That is the last two episodes turned into an hour and a half movie. And okay. it explains everything, but you're still going to be confused. You're going to be more sad. I don't mind being sad. I'll be honest. Uh, by the end of the show, I was on Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, not, to, not to spoil anything. I was very careful not to spoil anything. But just, hell, to, yeah. just to understand what the hell they were shooting at me. Yeah, it's a lot. It's it's. I definitely was on Wikipedia a lot too, and that's um. If you watch End of Evangelion, the second the second of the original movies, um, that is straight up just like we're retelling the end for more closure. Yeah, um, and that that is one hell of an anime movie. When, when I when, after after watching the ending, I went back to Wikipedia to be like, okay, what the hell did I just see? And yeah. because you kind of get a hint of what's happening, but you don't really. Uh, and then and then I read the ending, and the ending was like this actually happened. I'm like, I'm sorry. What happened to that ending? Yeah. Um, so uh, Hideki Anno, when he was making Evangelion, uh, he was going through a deep, dark depression. And if you watch the show, you can see it. You can see it. And that dude's talked about how this show helped him get through it, but also opened up a lot of his emotional damage. And like, again, like I've talked about before, like this is like one of the most emotional animes you'll ever watch. Like it is truly like, it is psychologically damaging to these children, like what they go through while also having some cool robot fights. But again, the last 10 episodes, there's not much met fighting. It's all about what these kids are going through. Uh, As Asuke? Asuka, Asuka, yeah. Holy shit. Uh, and Ray, I'm like, I'm doing shorthand for, 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 for you guys because I don't want Ben to know what I'm talking about, but you guys will understand. Like, Jesus, uh, all the revelations of, of these characters' emotional trauma is so engaging and so interesting. Um, real quickly, what I was going to say when I first started watching it was like, I know exactly what I'm going to say because my goal was like, I want to finish it this week because Ben's probably finished it and I think we probably have a whole conversation. <laughs> Oops. Um, no, uh, well too. I, I should have finished it. Okay, so, I, so I was... Uh, so I was watching it and I was just like, you know, the first thing I'm going to say is, man, this show's really horny. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. Oh, God. I can actually talk. Like when uh, Asuka, when like the first night Asuka spends the night over at, uh, oh, fuck. What's, what's the. Shinji? Shinji's place. Yeah. Thank you. When uh, like when Asuka spends the night over at Shinji's place and she just like plops down right next to him. He's like, he's like, should I kiss her? He's like, I'm like, what are you doing, Shinji? And then later on, she's like, hi, you weren't going to kiss me. Not just that, everyone's talking about how hot everyone is, yeah. <laughs> and like everyone's like uh, uh ogling uh, Miss Miss Misaki, yeah, okay, yeah, oh god, yeah, um, and even that one dude, um, Asuka, um, Asuka's retainer, what yeah, they, yeah. they start making out, they start making out a strain in an elevator, and then she just bolts, and like, wow, yeah, yeah um, awesome. and then the yeah. other thing. And so, like, we're we're all big fans of Shin Godzilla. We all really like Shin Godzilla. Mm -hmm. uh, Shin Godzilla. You see it now? Yeah, I see. I one hundred percent see it. Um, Evangelion and Shin Godzilla. He, this guy has a so. This in order for me to explain what I'm trying to say is I have to go to Thrawn, um, the Star Wars character Thrawn. He's all about like uh, maps and statistics, and you know, and if you read Timothy. Timothy Zahn's uh, books, they're all about like how how fast things things are in numbers and, and very, very number specific of statistics like 12% this um, 
you know, uh, and calculative, very calculative and Evangelion and Shin Godzilla are very much the same way. And I thought that was really interesting. Uh, I've never seen that in an anime, even yeah. though this anime falls under a genre, which I hold close to my heart, which is the ambiguously post-apocalyptic anime, um, which is, you know, Big O and, and Gurren Lagann and those kind of things. Um, but it's very unique. It's something I've never seen before. And I don't know if they've tried to replicate it since um, besides Evangelion. I know there's the new movies, um, but I found it to be kind of refreshing. There's not a lot of things like it, um, and I'm really glad you. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you liked it a lot. Yeah. Talk, okay, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely watch a, End of Evangelion, and then I know there's news about more Evangelion stuff. Just move right into that after that. I I plan on it because I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. So speaking of Evangelion, uh, this is gonna sound really weird, but Toyota was doing a crossover with Evangelion. And Fanny showed me the commercials for it because I'm like, whoa, are they making like new cars based off the AV units? What's going on? It's it's just like it's just a car with some like dialogue in the background. They didn't do anything to the Honda to the to the Toyota Corollas or anything. Yeah, uh, just, in, it's just yeah. like Toyota cross Evangelion. Oh no, it's Honda. It's it was Honda that did this. It was Honda cross Evangelion. I'm like, this just looks like a regular Honda Civic. Where's yeah, the Evangelion uh, in it? Evangelion is the most popular anime in Japan besides Gundam, but like there's entire trains that have been outfitted to look like Evangelion's like mm -hmm. the marketing, the marketing. It's not, it's not as like ubiquitous as like Mickey Mouse, but like they use Evangelion for marketing and everything because it's mm -hmm. just so popular. Um, so yeah, it's, I'm glad we're all, we're all circling the Ava train. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, like I said, I've been, it's been on my list for a long time ever since, uh, you know, my roommate, my former roommate, Amanda moved in and she wanted to, she wanted to watch it. So Finally, that was on Netflix. So I was like, I have no excuse anymore. So when I finished Resistance, I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to press it. play and just do it. I'm so happy. Yeah, How, really, how really, dope is that theme song? Really good. Yeah. Really good. Um, it's That ending something, though. I'm, I'm going to be thinking about it for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what. That is, um, it's the closest anime ending to a Twin Peaks ending, I will say. Where it's very ambiguous. You're not exactly sure what's going on, but you feel something for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At the end, whatever was just like, congratulations. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Yeah, playing. Yeah, it's it's. I'm it's getting so many flashbacks because it's, it's been years, but I'm like, yeah. oh man, it's it's yeah. something else. I love it. Anyway, that's all I got. Evangelion yeah. episode. Once I finish, once I finish it. You should watch yeah. it. Dude. You should finish yeah. it, dude. I, I I need to finish it. Yeah, but I'm glad that I know that I need to watch End of Evangelion because I was going to ask you, Ryan, once I finish this shit series, what order in the movies I need to watch because it's just like Evangelion movie, End of Evangelion. It's like well, which one like do I, I said, watch? After the main series, there's two '90s movies. Don't watch the first one because it's just a clip show unless you just really, yeah. really want to. The second one is a original uh, retelling of the ending with new stuff that's just. It's very Bonkers. if you're if you're aware, it's very similar to what happened with the Gurren Lagon. They made two films. The first one is very much kind of just summation. It has some new animation, but it's more or less summation of the first half of Gurren Lagon. Yeah. But the second one, second half of the second movie is like a totally different version of the ending. Yeah, that's basically what this is. That's okay. that second half of Gurren of that Gurren Lagon movie is awesome. That is nuts. Yeah. That, that is nuts. Nia still dies, right? In Gurren Lagann? Yeah. That's yeah, not yeah. change. We're yeah. talking about when Lord Genome walks on a galaxy and creates a mech out of nothing. I remember oh, you showed me that part. Gets their own super mech. It's, it, uh, so I will say, End of Evangelion approaches that nonsense. Yeah. 
Yeah, big, big stuff. I'm totally fine with Lord Genome walking out onto a galaxy and punching another galaxy-sized back in the face. I'm totally fine with that. And when I was watching the 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 end, of the the last two episodes of Evangelion, when I when I finished them and when I went to Wikipedia, apparently what ends up in the movie was what the it was what he initially intended the ending to be before he yeah. changed it. So yeah, I found exactly. that really interesting. Yeah, it's like it's like a, a almost like a redo. Yeah, it doesn't totally negate the final episodes. It just recontextualizes and adds a hundred more ideas. Yeah, because there's a shot in that last two episodes where I was just like, uh, what? I won't yeah. say for Ben's sake. But still, still. Anyway, that's all I got. Congratulations! Happy I finally watched it. All right, guys, I'll go next because I got too much, and I'm gonna try to go fast because we're already at 30 minutes. It's been two weeks. It's true. It has been two weeks. I played a lot of video games. A lot of video games this week. I'm going to start with XCOM colon Chimera Squad. That is the newest XCOM game. Uh, It came out for $9.99, $9.99 on a quarantine sale because the developers were really nice. I'm like, hey, we'll give it to you half off. Uh, It is a budget XCOM game. It is not XCOM 3. It's kind of like just like the next game that they're working on. Um, It takes place in the future. Uh, In the world of XCOM, aliens come and they take over the world. XCOM 2, it's you fighting them back. And now XCOM Chimera Squad, it is a new world where you live in peace with aliens. So this is the first XCOM game where you have aliens on your squad. Ben, you've played Fire Emblem. You know what XCOM is. It is a it's turn-based uh, tactical, tactical game. Tactical game, yes. Um, it it introduces a lot of new ideas that are um very interesting to the XCOM tactical idea that I'm not sure really work. Uh, uh, I think they're testing the waters for XCOM three to see what really works before they go full in on all these ideas. But it, I'm glad I bought it for ten bucks because it is a it's totally a lot more funny and a lot more cartoony than the original XCOM, which is a little more drab and dreary, aliens taking over the world. So totally, it's very different, and the gameplay's a little different. So I'm kind of, it's, it's been getting a lot of sevens and sixes, and I would give it around there too. Like, it's totally fine. Uh, for 10 bucks, I'm happy I got it for 10 bucks. I'll say that. Um, next was, I played lots of, um, I played X-Men Legends and Ultimate Spider-Man for streaming. I've done that. Uh, I don't need to talk about that very much. Castlevania colon Lords of Shadow was on sale for $7, and I've been in a big Castlevania mood. So uh, I was playing Symphony of the Night earlier this week, which came out in 1997. We play as Alucard. Uh, but I was like, hey, I want to play that modern one made by Kojima that I never beat. So I found it, and luckily it was only $7. So I downloaded it, and I played it. That game's great. Uh, it's God of War, but with Dracula. Spoilers, he's not Dracula yet. And then I played... Um, I downloaded this game today called mass builder i I sent you text messages of it it's the mechanical assault skeletal suit builder it is a mech building game where you have hundreds of creative custom ideas um it's an early access it's still relatively new but um it seems pretty cool and i just wanted a cool (laughs) mech building game um the enemies are like evangelians they have like like cool weird designs like big oblong shapes and stuff so that looks like are they like are they that's a good question (laughs) I forgot you know the stuff now. I know um, the stuff now. It feels good. Uh, that's so cool. I love it. Uh, Weed and Evangelion, you're a new man. Uh, <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, there's a new Assassin's Creed that's coming out um, later this year, and I never beat Odyssey, which is a Greek mythology one, so I re-downloaded that. Um, there's a bunch of updates, so there's a bunch of new content, um, so I'm working my way through that. That game's still really fun. I forgot how great. Um, one, I forgot how good Assassin's 
Creed games are, but really what makes Assassin's Creed games good is they allow us to have giant open world Greek mythology games, giant open world uh, Egyptian mythology games. We don't get games like that unless they're a specific genre. And the good thing about these new Assassin's Creed games is they get rid of all the bullshit modern stuff that no one cares about. So I'm just playing a fun Greek, uh, Greek mythology game with my badass Cassandra uh, and I'm preparing for Valhalla. So I'm excited about that. Is that all the video games? That's all the video games, baby. I watched a couple documentaries because um, after Tiger King, I was I'm just kind of in the mood for a little bit more. There's a British gentleman by the name of Louis Thoreau, and he is a excellent BBC documentarian. He's worked with them for many years. I watched a movie on Netflix called My Scientology Movie. It's about his journey into Scientology and how. Hey guys, have you heard how crazy they are? It's true. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna look this up. I want to check it, this out. It's the most eye-opening Scientology documentary I've ever seen. Uh, and it's not like painting them in a negative light. It's just like, I want to see what these people are about. And they are truly uh, insane. Uh, it's on Netflix? It's on Netflix, yeah. Um, it's like it's like a, like a solid hour and a half. Like it's, it's really nice and breezy. You learn so much about Scientology. Many members who have left the church are involved. Um, so you get, you get the most info I've ever learned about them. And just like how, boy, but Tom Cruise is crazy. Um, I thought he was he he did recently leave. Yes, thank you for reminding me, Ben. He's yeah, still I was, I mean, yeah, he's he probably still could be batshit insane, but I remember reading somewhere. I was like, no, no, Tom Cruise is no longer part of the Church of Scientology. I'm like, hmm, good for him. Yeah, I think uh, they wouldn't let him see his kids or something weird. Yeah, that's, yeah that's something like that, yeah. Uh, so Louis Thoreau did a couple documentaries I also watched uh, about the meth uh, uh, epidemic in Fresno, California. So I watched a lot of people overdose on meth, and that was not a good time, but it was an interesting and in, in, uh, intellectual time. And then I watched the documentary on the Westboro Baptist Church. Oh, boy. <laughs> a bunch of goofballs, let me tell you. Um, they suck. Um, they're a bunch of bigots and racists and uh, horrible people. But um, it was interesting because the documentary came out almost like 10 years ago. So I did a follow-up research, and there's a couple of members of the church who left. There's two daughters um, who left. Uh, Megan Phelps did a TED Talk about it, and I watched her TED Talk. And it's it's incredible to see this girl who she used to be and just completely indoctrinated with hatred. And now she's completely, like unbrainwashed and she's like a, a real person she's like I, I i can't believe my family did this to me and i allowed this to happen to my younger siblings and uh it was a really eye-opening thing on how people can transform from being the worst to the best uh so i found that highly uh uh interesting the last thing i'm going to talk about sorry two things i watched uh middle ditch and swartz which is a new netflix improv show by thomas middle ditch and ben schwartz aka yeah. That is an hour-long improv show, uh, I think just three episodes, and um, they just take suggestions from the audience, like whose line is it anyway, and they do full, like, 30-minute section improv shows. Uh, and it's super funny if you're in a bad mood or you want to laugh. Those are really great to watch. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is a show called Devs. Devs is the best show I've watched this year. I can't stop thinking about it. I need Sparks to watch it immediately so I can talk about it with someone. Guys, um... Devs is the new show by Alex Garland. He wrote Dread. He wrote 28 Days Later. He directed Ex Machina and Annihilation. That dude does genre better than almost anybody. Devs is one of those shows where, um, much like Parasite, I don't want to tell you what it's about because it's a it's it's a mystery box show, but the mystery is really good. But it's about uh, it's about tech developers in Silicon Valley in San Francisco, and they're working on the most advanced. They're working on the most advanced software ever made. It's it's dealing with computers and computing and algorithms and stuff and predicting the future. And that's all I want to say. 
but it is the most in one of the most insane, beautiful sci-fi shows I've ever seen in my life. I recommend it wholly. That's the, that's the new show with Alison Brie, right? Yes, um, yeah. Alison Pill. Alison Pill, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah I I, uh, I remember seeing a trailer for that. It looked interesting. Yes, um, it's got um, um, Ron from uh, uh, Parks and Rec. I always forget his name. Nick Offerman. Uh, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Yeah, this is the best thing he's ever done. I've never well, seen. You can see. see- Sorry, real quickly to derail your devs conversation. Did you yeah. guys see the new Parks and Rec special? Not yet. I watched. I haven't finished it. I stopped it's it. It's charming. I love Parks and Rec, so I'm going to watch it. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't go out of my way to watch it because I have yet to watch Parks and Rec. It would make sense. Uh, it would make sense for you to watch it. I'm waiting for a fan to come home so we can watch it together. I love it. Um, but yeah, honestly, devs, it's eight episodes. It's a prestige miniseries. Like the way it ends, there is no season two. This is a one and done thing. Um, it is. It's like Westworld, but 100% more emotionally based. It is, it is all about the the reason that these people are doing these things. It's all from the heart, and it's like it's it's maybe the most heartbreaking scene I've seen in a TV show in a long time. And I, it was two o'clock in the morning when I audibly yelled, and I was all like, "I hope nobody heard me because I'm really mad at the show right now for what it did to me." Um, much like honestly, Brandon, it gives me Neon Genesis Evangelion vibes hard, hard. That's the same type of tone. It is tonally very grim and dark with with some optimism, but it is rooted in shit's bad. Um, and I I pray that it gets um, like uh, award recognition because like truly this is like I've never seen a sci-fi show like this. Like it's bold, it's crazy, and that is my week. Please watch devs. It last two weeks. Last two weeks. Please watch devs. <laughs> Sparkles. Um, I. I covered also did it at the top. A lot of stuff with him too. But yeah, he's I covered it at the top. So, but I'll just readdress that. Uh, I caught entirely up on the Clone Wars, um, <laughs> which was really happy, uh, and have been keeping up with Siege of Mandalore. So that's been nice. Um, I've watched a few more episodes of Brand New Animal. So we're caught up with how it's airing in Japan, but not how many episodes were released because of a weird thing with Netflix in Japan. Um, that show from Trigger is really good when you guys have a chance to set aside time. Probably wait until it's just all out and you can binge it. Um, but Brand New Animal is uh, just as strong in its own way as uh, Kill a Kill and Gurren Lagann so far, in my opinion. Um, we've watched a uh, about four or five more episodes of Doom Patrol. Yeah! And we've been enjoying that quite Just a bit. Incredible. Yeah. Um, I really liked that last episode about Danny the Street. Yo, man. That show, I can't I can't believe that, like, Doom Patrol is the craziest and most emotional superhero show on TV. Because, like, I've talked about it last week. Like, the things it's doing on that show is, like, really, really cool. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm so glad season two is happening. Um, we kept up with Motherland Fort Salem, which we still highly recommend. Yep. Very much enjoying it. Um some really good stuff happening there and harley quinn also have been keeping up with that also really good great mr free stuff yes like truly like some of the best mr free stuff like since that animated show. yeah not this week's but the week before's episode with mm-hmm. mr freeze was was phenomenal yeah um really really enjoyed it um i caught up on the flash uh except for this week's episode and um that's an interesting place. Uh, so the Nash that uh, you all saw open up the crisis to happen and everything. Paracon? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
it turns out that uh, all of the other Nash Wells of all the multiverse transferred their consciousness inside of him. Oh my god! And are haunting him. He's a legion. Um, so that's cool, and uh, he's kind of like carrying extra guilt and burden from from causing the crisis. Uh, we're one episode away from finishing Westworld. Mm. That last episode was pretty good. Yeah, man. This is only eight episodes this season, right? Yeah, it's only an eight yeah. episode. Luckily, season. it's got like two more seasons, like already like promised. But uh, I, that's probably in our news. Man, God, Westworld's so good. Yeah, I'm loving it. Good, good sci-fi right now, guys. Yeah, amazing. Spider-Man mentions Westworld. It did. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I'm really yeah. glad that. Uh, yeah. yeah, Westworld. We'll talk about in the news. It's renewal. Um, Megan and I started Mrs. America from FX. Uh, if you don't know what that's about, this is about um, Phyllis Schlafly, uh, Schlafly, uh, who is played by Kate Blanchett. She. Uh, was the leading proponent of the Stop ERA movement, which was the Equal Rights Amendment being led by feminists in the 1970s. Um, it's got Rose Byrne playing uh, Gloria Steinem, who was a big opposer of uh, Phyllis Schleifle, and uh, Betty Friedan's a major character in it. Um, Howard Stark, uh, John Slattery, plays Kate Blanchett's husband uh, in the show. James Marsden is in an episode. Um, there's a lot of stars who show up there, and I really, really like it. It's a strong FX uh, period piece that I'm really enjoying, and it's very unfortunately reflective of how much our country hasn't changed for the better mm. um, since rights were being fought for at that time, and the perspective of like of how Phyllis is able to. And spoiler alert: Phyllis wins. The Equal Rights Amendment doesn't get passed. And it's because she wins. Um, and her arguments really, really suck. Mm-hmm. And it sucks to be watching her win. But I also think it's important to understand why she won. Um, so I really, really like that show. Uh, that's That's been really when is good. That? Is that like the 50s? Uh, 70s. 70s? Okay. This is, uh, it, it covers most of the 70s. Okay. Yeah. Um, we also, at Megan's suggestion, which made me really happy, have started a new anime called Promise Neverland. Um which I've heard good things about. Uh, I recommend going into it blind, so I'm not going to give much of a summary other than it's about an orphanage. It doesn't involve Peter Pan? <laughs> nope, not at all. Oh, okay. Um, it's not about Peter Pan at all. Okay. Um, and it's it's way better to not know what really what it's about when you watch the first episode, because that was our experience. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, it was suggested to Megan from friends she trusted more than me to recommend an anime for her. Uh, so we're... <laughs> Uh, but the big one that I'll spend a little bit of time talking about is I am three episodes away from finishing Castlevania. The whole nice. thing. Yes. Uh, I'm three episodes away from finishing season three. I have enjoyed it. I really, really like Isaac a lot. Yeah, dude. Um, I will say that I, something that I thought was a season one problem turns out it's just a show problem. I really hate the sound mixing. Yeah. The sound mixing is really bad. They yeah. have a horrible tendency to let people whisper and keep it really low rather than raising their volume up when they're whispering. And so they just keep in like this close thing. So I have to turn up the volume to hear them or turn on subtitles to understand what they're mm. saying because that happens way too often. So I thought it was, I thought that was a me problem. And I decided so to bring it up when I talked about Castlevania last time. So I'm really glad you brought it up. I had the same issue with all three. And as a person who has watched plenty of anime and especially like lately, I can say that this is a very bizarre issue to yeah. have where uh, the, the, the ADR specifically on Trevor is really poor. Yeah. Um, Trevor, oh, yeah. It's, Trevor it's gets the... so quiet that his words start to slur, 
yet the volume of like sound effects around them will still be yeah. Do you high. think because they're like they're they're getting these seasons out pretty fast? Do you think it's like a rush job? It's it's possible. It's just it's a very bizarre thing to feel from a polished show, more or less. Yeah. And it's it's something that like it's not ruining this show for me, but it's it just stands out when it happens. And I'm like, I don't understand why I have to turn this up. Yeah. I don't understand why I have to turn on subtitles in order. Hey, uh, comic book G spot. Uh, I don't understand why I have to raise volume in order to hear what's happening from certain characters in certain intimate moments i just always have my volume really loud i guess i didn't notice that but i like oh interesting so so what what happens a lot is that uh i try not to have it too loud because i've been watching on weekdays while megan's working yeah and so um but i have everything at a reasonable volume where i can hear everything plain and normal except when they get into these intimate sessions and it's weird because it'll be like a intimate conversation but if they decide to whisper it truly becomes a whisper me too comic book you know what? i i will say they there is a lot of whispering in that show but i think just because my volume like i don't have the same like problem you do so like not that that's like you know what i mean but like i guess if i just have my volume way too loud i guess i didn't know it but they are whispering a shit ton yeah they, are a lot they, of they, whisper, they whisper a lot and i noticed it with like, the priest from the first season mostly is when i first oh yeah, yeah. and like go ahead ben i, I was gonna say uh, for castlevania especially the first season i don't know if it was just because they had really thick accents that was hard for me to understand what they were saying but there were times where um trevor was talking and i couldn't barely understand what he was saying and i was just like is the volume too low is my what, what's wrong with my t- what's wrong with this and then there are times i'm, I'm listening on subtitles and it's like oh it's just that he even though he's whispering they actually have his volume low so i can't I can't hear them. I can't understand what they're saying. Right. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, I just feel it's not that it's inaudible, but you have to put it at such a high level in order to hear everything properly. And I, it's, it. I don't have that issue with other shows. Yeah. Between uh, the sound effects and the and the ADR, the sound mixing is not wonderful. It could be better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, outside of shows. There was a lot of video game playing. We covered you rock a lot. My book, Comic Book Chief Spot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, we covered a lot of it with uh, Battlefront Two, Overwatch. Um, we we downloaded Destiny Two and Destiny. <laughs> well, uh, Travis Pye and I played through yeah. like a, I think four hours one night of uh, the opening of Destiny Two. Brandon, this might be a good time for you to jump in. I'm not doing Destiny. Destiny Two is free. It's free, and it's years of content. It is for actually Destiny Two. It's gotten so good. Destiny Two actually finished downloading on my PS4. I have it now. Good. Nice. Because, because I took off Final Fantasy VII. That was 100 gigs. I know. Let's get you through Overwatch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, real, real quick, because you brought up Castlevania, uh, I've been in a deep Castlevania hole the last two weeks. Uh, I know so much about the lore. I've watched some Let's Plays uh, of some of the older games because uh, I don't have. I could have bought the anniversary collection, but I don't want to do it. Um, that. The, the the Castlevania uh, saga spans hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Like what I love about the show, the show takes place during Castlevania three. There's 400 years of Belmonts before that and Dracula that we don't even know about yet. I'm like, they can really do the show forever. They, right. they really can go back time. That's why I really liked the 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 last episode. Yeah, because it introduces some stuff. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. I'm close to that. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that like I enjoyed the Castlevania kick so much yeah. that all those sales that have been happening, I bought um, everything that isn't the Castlevania anniversary collection, <laughs> essentially between <laughs> Xbox and yeah. and PlayStation. You get like six games. It's a good deal. Yeah, 
there's oh, a lot of great video game sales that people should be checking out across oh, yeah. all the oh, markets Sparks, and uh, comics me, too. No, Sparks, when you sent me that link for or that that picture of that Gundam versus game that was on sale for the PlayStation Store, I just went through it and so so many RPGs yeah, on dude. sale. And Can I'm I? Like, no, my wallet. I can't. I was gonna. I was gonna tell you, Ben. Even at uh, twenty one, twenty three, or twenty one dollars, whatever it was, I still couldn't justify buying the Kingdom Hearts three DLC. <laughs> I still couldn't justify it. I'm like, no, nah, that shit's got to be ten. I, I part of me, I'm probably gonna. I have, I haven't gotten it yet because um, I haven't. I don't have Kingdom Hearts three downloaded on my PS four right now because of other stuff. But part of me is like, I'll just get it, but so I can play it later. But at the same time, I do, I want to get through other games. So you know, I'll probably wait till they slash the price again. Yep. Because I, 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 I did a sale. I, I, I did. I bought some things from the sale, and uh, I could have bought Kingdom Hearts, but All I did one package. I decided yeah. not to. What did you get? <laughs> I bought um, a lot of games for thirty bucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But I got the Return to Arkham series because I wanted to play them again. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and the I got the both Xenoverse games. And, we can play uh, that together. Oh, and Uncharted. I got Uncharted. Four. Yeah, Uncharted I, four. Okay. Because I have the first three, and I never bought the fourth one, so I bought the fourth one. On yeah, there. I got the fourth one for free on that PlayStation. I got the um, Uncharted collection. Yes, yeah, you're here too. Thank, thank you. I also guys, I'm sorry. This is gonna be a th- three-hour podcast. You could, you don't have to stick around. <laughs> <laughs> Please do that. We haven't even gotten to the news. No, yeah. no, we, no, we have not. We haven't talked to our friends in two weeks. Uh, shall we get into the news then? After we read yeah. what? What's Vanya? Yeah. Castlevania. Gotcha. Vania, thank you. But hey, I'm happy about the old school 8-bit Final Fantasy because I got my NES Classic hooked up out front and I am going to dive into that first Final Fantasy game. I'm shall ready. We, shall we get into the news? Bread uh, and butter. And here's your bread and your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Hey, okay, not in my ear, thank you. Bread and butter, guys. Bread and butter. Um, we have some sad news as always to, talk, to stick it up. We almost we almost missed it because last week well, there wasn't a whole lot of sad, but this week they kind of like we're like never mind. They yeah. are so sad. Um, so this week, uh, so this past past uh, Sam Lloyd, oh. uh, probably most known for for Scrubs, he was also mm. in Seinfeld. Yeah, he passed away cancer uh, at the age of fifty six this week. That's sad. I, I like that guy. Um, uh, comic book cheese, but we're talking about sad things. <laughs> he was talking about just before. being supportive. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, uh, Michael Mantlo passed away. You know, this—he's not necessarily a creator, but it is—it does hit the creative community because he is the brother of the Rocket of Rocket Raccoon creator Bill Mantlo. Mm-hmm. Um, this man was taking care of him, uh, his brother Bill, after a car accident. Um, so it's really sad that you know he'd pass away at the age of 68 so um mag says sam lloyd never got revenge on dr kelso no he did so. not <laughs> i watched that show one school came out too soon oh um good it was fine it was just it it was pre when revival was the the shtick and i don't want to if they waited if they waited 10 years it yeah. could have been golden i don't want to find revival do you know what i think i think I went back and watched it later and I liked it much more. I think it just needed more space from the final season. 
or the, the true final season because that felt like a real ending. It felt like super close. Someone that came out, right? It was, it was the next season. It was the next year. Yeah. That's yeah. So, that's they so they needed to wait. If they'd waited, it would have been it would have been fine. Um, Matteo de Cosmo, uh, who is a Marvel TV and ABC art director, he worked um, on like Daredevil and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he passed away at the age of 52 due to complications of COVID 19. Yeah. Um, Michael Mansell, by the way, was 68. I don't know if I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that really hit me though was uh, Irfan Khan, yeah, passed away this, this past week at the age of 53, a week after his mother passed away, and he couldn't, yeah. go, see, he couldn't go see his mom, uh, because of uh, India's COVID laws That's uh, lockdowns um for those of you who don't know he was uh masrani in jurassic world i recently saw him in a movie called puzzle that was really good um he's a character actor he shows up in like he's yeah, a guy yeah. you recognize absolutely yeah, he's, a, he's a wonderful actor i've seen mo- most of his american films and a couple of his indian films i really like the guy um but he passed he apparently had a had a tumor that oh. he had developed uh, in 2018 and passed away due to complications of that however the exact cause of death was not given so that's so all, all all those losses you know oh you're right you're right mag and slum dog millionaire yeah that's uh, yeah. I, was say, I reckon i'm something else mm-hmm. yeah uh anyway um so let's move on get away from that and talk about uh the coronavirus updates you know this is a regular segment of the show now <laughs> um, some obviously release dates have been pushed back because of the coronavirus. Um, most of these films haven't started filming yet, mm-hmm. so they need to push them. Um, Sony has pushed Venom, uh, Venom Two. Uh, no, excuse me, Col- <laughs> Venom colon, Venom colon, Venom colon. Let there be carnage. Hey, that's the Whoa. that's the shitty title that movie deserves. <laughs> I don't even hate it. I don't even hate it. It deserves that title. Uh, oh, God, uh, I can't reserve any more hatred for it. Venom colon, let there be carnage. They they announced the date and the new title. Yeah. Um, the original date was originally going to be October second this year, but it's now going to be June twenty fifth next year. Um, obviously, there's a new Spider Man film that they that they are filming hasn't hasn't started filming yet, so they pushed that from its July sixteenth release date next year to November fifth. Uh, it was going to come out July next year. Yeah. Yeah. They should have started filming soon, then, right? They were supposed well, to. They, they, would have, to. They, they would have like right around the time that we went in, because yeah. like that's the thing is uh, there's been a Spider-Man movie every other year, which yeah. is why I said there definitely would be one in 2021. Yeah, because they want to, like I said, they want Tom Holland to be as young as possible for as many of them. He just said Tom Holland just said he doesn't know what's going to shoot first now, Uncharted or Spider-Man. It's Uncharted. Sony made an official announcement. Oh, really? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse uh, 2, whatever it's going to be called, was originally going to be pushed, was originally going to come out on April 8th, 2022, but it's now going to be October 7th, 2022. Um, Mag says they might set for a maximum carnage. Honestly, that would have been a better title. They should have called a maximum carnage. Yeah. They should have just called it that. That's what everyone wanted. And uh, Uncharted, like we mentioned no. before, Uncharted has a new release date. However, it moved uh, up because it's going to be filming soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, October 8th, 2021 was its original release date and July, but now it is uh, July 16th, 2021. They so, were on so. their first day of filming when yep. I got shut down. They were making that movie. Mark Wahlberg was there with a stupid mustache and then they had to cancel it. Guys, Mark Wahlberg's not a good pick for that character. No, he's not. He's not a good pick for, he was. he's a better Nathan Drake, but he's not a good Nathan Drake either. No. <laughs> Morbius. Oh, no, no Morbius news. 
There's no Morbius news? No. Ah, oh, damn. I mean, it, it was a couple weeks ago. We talked about that a while yeah, ago. Yeah, that was weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lionsgate has pushed John Wick Chapter 4 from its May 21st, uh, 2021 release date to May 27th, 2022. We're not going to get two Keanu movies in the same day, then. Keanu movies in the same day. Oh, uh, no more Keanu Day? No. It was uh, never going to happen anyway. They're not going to put two Keanu movies on the same day. I'll, a man could dream. <laughs> I could dream, Brandon. I could dream. They really could have. They really could have just leaned into it and been like, guys, Keanu the Keanu double feature. Yeah. They were, do you know how many people will have gone to a Keanu double feature for both Matrix 4 and John Wick 4? I, I would have done it. I don't think enough to make both of those movies a hit. I think I, I we disagree. have a $4 movie theater. I yes, disagree. Yes, I would. With as much clout as the Keanu Reeves has with the internet, I'm pretty sure it would have worked. Keanu yeah, Reeves is Keanu the next SpongeBob. It's true. He finally yeah. did it. It's true. Um, just like David Hasselhoff. Spiral. <laughs> uh, is Spiral from the Book of Saw has been pushed from its May 15th this year, this month, uh, to May 21st next year. Jeez, man. That's quite a delay. Yeah. Uh, Paramount obviously has to, has to push the Mission Impossible films because they haven't started filming. So they are now July uh, from July 23rd of next year to November 19th of next year. Mission Impossible 8 is August 5th of 2022 to November 4th, 2022. Uh, the comic book G-Spot asks us a question. It's the first question that we've done in these live shows. Oh, yeah. uh, so who would make a good Silver Surfer? <laughs> Doug Jones. I mean, he would. He already was. He, he already was. I mean, um, I, don't, I don't care. Do it. All right, you know what? As the voice I never liked, I never liked the Keanu as Silver Surfer. I'll be honest. I, uh, I Lawrence I always, Oh, no, you no, mean no. as casting? As oh, casting, okay. because I always think that Keanu, Keanu should be a um, an elder of the universe, like the Collector and and the Grandmaster. I don't think he should be a main character. Or like Adam Warlock, someone like with power. No, like, I think I think like someone like. I think a like a because if you look at the Collector and the Grandmaster, they're kind of these cookie side characters. Yeah, and and. Jeff Goldblum, especially, I think if Jeff Goldblum was like a main character, that would take away from from that character because it's yeah. Jeff Goldblum. I think Keanu Reeves has that same problem that yeah. it, it would be like that's Keanu Reeves, not such and such, not Moon. So Knight, you might as well lean into it then. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, uh, but comic book spider agrees with you, Adam Warlock. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, he has like the beautiful hair. I think that like make yeah. him bold. Um, Warner Brothers had to push the Batman to October 1st, 2021. It was originally June 25th. Uh, Shazam 2, which hasn't even started filming, uh, April 1st, 2022 was its initial release date. Now it's November 4th, 2022. Boy, did they mess up in casting that kid. Yep. Oh, that, boy. Oh, yeah. He's going to be like kid. 20. He's going to have a full beard. <laughs> yeah, that kid should have been younger. It's Artemis um, All right. Now, here's the interesting thing about, thing about Warner Brothers' new release dates. The Flash has moved up from its July 1st, 2022 release date to June 3rd, 2022. What's going so on? So it only a month. Well, they really like Ezra Miller, don't they? <laughs> well, they cast, you know, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, and they're kind of on the outs right now. No, so. I know, I know. What is with Warner Brothers? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I guess they have faith that the Flash movie is actually going to happen, which is more faith than anybody else has in that movie. I mean, I'm sure, like... Andy Muschietti, like I'm sure, like it's it's happening. And just like, now is he the current director? I was trying to figure it out. Okay. Oh yeah, he announced it. Like it's it's happening. It's just like it's actually happening. That's weird. I, supposedly, we're hearing rumors that there's that they're looking to replace Kiersey Clemens as Iris West. However, this rumor has popped up before, which she debunked. So I wouldn't take that too too hard. Yeah. Um, and Scoob is going to skip a theatrical release, and it's just going to be VOD. Scoob. Same date. 
though Scoob will still be coming out May 15th on the same date that was supposed to come out in theaters. However, instead of theaters, it'll be VOD. Interesting. Okay. No, well, there's that. I wonder if um, that's like a movie. Hmm? Yeah. 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 Scoob. It's not inexpensive. Yeah. That that level of animation is not inexpensive. Yeah. Mag says, I'm excited though for HBO Max. Yeah. We're going to talk, about, talk it. about it later. Yeah. Um, video games. Have, so the last you of missed, us. Part you two. missed one movie uh, delay. Yeah, I did. Which one? Uh, the Hitman's Bodyguard sequel. Oh, you're right. It's also delayed that. a year. Yeah, that one's been delayed. August next year. Hey, guys, I definitely didn't see that movie. <laughs> definitely didn't see that movie. You can't okay. do it. <laughs> uh, I definitely didn't see a movie that I'm not going to see for two years. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the Last of Us Part Two has a new release date of June 19th. Um, and oh, Ghost of Tsushima it has a new release date of July 17th. So, yeah. Some good uh, news. So if, uh, uh, it's not good news, but The Last of Us 2 had every single thing leaked by... Um, by some game testers, I believe. Like there was like a big report that they thought it was inside people at Naughty Dog who are like disgruntled employees. Yeah, it's not the case. But right. The Last of Us Two is out there and it is being spoiled for everyone. So just just be careful. Complicated. Uh, we are talking about that show later on in the episode. Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about all the trailers, baby. We got all the trailers to oh, talk yeah. about. Oh yeah. But um, I am so scared to be on the internet right now, like because I that is like my most anticipated game. I him too, and like I I. I've seen like I haven't been spoiled, but I've seen like what it could ha- what could be a spoiler, and I'm like I can't, I don't want to even pretend to know. Yeah. I'm gonna be so pissed because that's like yeah. one of the- even I've, 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 been, I've never been happier to spend so little time on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I think that was um, the same thing with me when Final Fantasy VII came out because I know what the, they changed the game a bit, and I'm like I can't keep looking at Twitter. I have to stay far away. I don't want people to spoil it. Yeah, I get you. But they can only I, change. I know, I know, it's, a little, I know so it's different because Last of Us Two. That's completely brand new. It exists already. <laughs> yeah, sure. Last of Us Part Two has the entire game spoiled for them. Final Fantasy Seven, the almost the entire game has been out for twenty years. Over yeah, twenty years, it's true. Yeah, um, twenty-three actually came out in ninety-seven. Uh, people are are thinking that um, Naughty Dog made the new release date because of the leak, and that's not true because you can't. Business doesn't work that fast. You, you're not Derek, it's like, oh, this just happened. Let's immediately put the game out. It doesn't work like that. I'm sure this helped them get the release date quicker. But a lot of people are pointing to the leak being, this is the reason we're getting it so fast. And it's just that's just how video games work. Yeah, um, yeah. We're, we're we're getting it next month though, and uh, I'm very happy. Yeah, very happy. Um, so, you know, so a lot of a lot of movies have been put in. I've been put. Uh, well, not a lot of movies have been put VOD. Some have, um, but there's been a lot oh. of like. You know, stuff happening and and release dates universal has seen a lot of success with trolls world tour however not the kind of success that you're going that the headlines say uh the the headlines are like trolls world tour made more money than trolls no universal made more money on trolls world tour it but they actually didn't make as much money as a dollar amount um because they got most of the money back instead of theater distribution um, but that allowed Universal to kind of be like, hey, we're going to look at doing more of this kind of thing. They implying, and I've read the, I've read the announcement a couple of times, Universal statement a couple of times, and there's really nothing definitive that they said. Uh, but they do seem to imply that they're looking into day and date distribution, putting movies in theaters and digital at the same time. I, I, I read the same thing, and it's like it it implies doing them at the same time in the future, theater and VOD at the same time 
Yes, which goes against a long-standing agreement between studios and 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 theater chains to have a a, a wider gap for the for theaters. Um, AMC, which is a popular theater chain in America and and, and around the world, uh, released a statement saying that they are no longer going to play effective immediately. No longer going to play any Universal Studios movies in theaters uh, ever. Which, by the way, they can afford to do that this year. They can't afford to do that next year. This. This also, is so. This is so. If, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the theater at CityWalk in AMC theaters? Yes. Universal CityWalk has an AMC theater. I mean, I definitely don't want the next Jurassic Park movie or the next Fast and the Furious movie or any of these billion-dollar movies in my theater. That'd be stupid. Oh, see, the Mark and a Hopkins. We're fine. Yeah. That's. I think this is. I think this is so stupid on there. I, I agree, but I think that I, I also think it's kind of calculated because right now Universal doesn't have any tent poles coming out this year. They moved all their tent poles to next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so AMC kind of looked, I think, looked at the numbers and like, can we afford to do this? We can afford to do this um, <laughs> for now, exactly. And I think it, I, I, I don't think this is going to last. This I, can I, last. I, I agree. It is, it is a really petty thing to bring out in public. Yes, um, yes. And I especially don't like that after like the coverage was happening, AMC got attacked for uh, being anti-VOD in the time of coronavirus, which is very explicitly not what they said. They right, were very right. clear that they're like, we are not attacking VOD in their initial statement. They didn't even have to rephrase themselves in their initial statement. They're like, we're not against Trolls World Tour being on VOD. We're against them implying VOD and theatrical releases at the same time without even negotiating yeah, with yeah. us. Um and there is context that needs to be understood. Two weeks prior, AMC uh, did an interview where they were talking about their fear of facing bankruptcy. Yeah. They're a theater chain that's on the edge. At least they're the ones talking about it publicly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand them wanting to put something out right away to say, don't consider this. Please don't consider this uh, to studios. I yeah. understand that desire to put that out there right away. And, and the way to get the most attention about, around it is to say no more universal movies. I don't even know if that's necessarily what they intend, but that is the thing that's going to get attention. And it did. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, universal released a statement saying that, that we're sorry you had to do, we're sorry you felt this way and blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Like a hostage universal, universal said, well, we're, we're doing VOD because of coronavirus right now. Mm-hmm. They pretended that they weren't implying the theatrical yeah. and VOD in tandem. Yeah. But they were. They yes. really tried to, they, they went that direction to sideswipe it and say, why are you guys so against VOD in this time of coronavirus? And it's like. Cineworld, uh, which owns Regal Theaters, which is a popular, it's another popular theater chain in, in California, especially, um, s- stood with AMC and said, we're also not going to play Universal Studios movies in theaters uh, effective immediately. And look, realistically, they're going to come to a, an agreement. Yes. There is no way that Jurassic World is not playing in theaters. No. Exactly. There's no way that Fast and the Furious... Look, Trolls World Tour made a lot of money, and it did well. Uh, movies do not make a billion dollars on VOD. It is impossible right now. It is not It is not within VOD's capabilities to do that. At this current moment, they still need theater distribution to make that much money. And yeah. Which is why Warner Brothers decided not to put Wonder Woman on VOD, which is why Marvel decided not to put Black Widow on VOD. You're well, not yeah. going to make those numbers. Because they know that those films, people are going to want to see those films, and that's where the money is, going out to the movie theaters to see these films en masse. I yeah. mean, yeah, VOD is great but during this time of coronavirus, but you got people like all four of us 
We want to go out to the movie theater. Right. But you also look at the movies that are going to VOD. Most of them are family films. Trolls yeah. World, Scoob. They can they can afford to do that because people are going to buy them for their kids to keep their mm-hmm. kids entertained. The family films make a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. They're not looking to make a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. It's why Disney got onward on the Disney Plus. Oh, yeah. Because I knew right. they, would get, they would get subscriptions. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, uh, yes, Mag. Uh, Cineworld, yeah. which owns Regal, jumping on the bandwagon. Which, like I yeah. said. Um, yeah. That, I think this is this isn't going to last. I, but... I, I do think it was it, it was a petty move to do really publicly on uh, AMC's part. I also think the way Universal handled it in response, trying to pretend that they didn't say what they said, was but, shitty. But, yeah. yeah. Um, but but overall, I ultimately agree that I'm glad someone called attention to it fast mm-hmm. from the theater industry, even though if I, I wish that it came out a little differently, to say, don't do, you can't just go to do this without talking to us. Yes. You yes. know, you can't just go VOD and theater distribution in the future. Yeah. Totally yeah. fine. Come on. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Sparks. Especially uh, at a time when, when AMC at least is being very open about we are in danger. Yeah. 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 Well, also, many theaters are. AMC is one of the bigger theater chains and if they're in danger, you can only imagine what's happening to Cinemark or Regal or Regency. Correct. Yeah. And it, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't AMC one of the first theater chains to actually shut down because of the coronavirus fear that they were like, We want to keep our guests and our employees safe? They all they all kind of did it. In about like the same time, it was all frame, around the same time. But um, yeah. but yeah, they were they were one of the leaders of the pack for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but they but they all kind of pulled that trigger within the same forty eight okay. hours. And AMC AMC has a video on demand service, so they're not they're clearly not being like anti VOD. They have a service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is that is VOD. So to say that they're anti VOD is ridiculous. This yeah. just feels like remember when Spider Man was gone from Disney for like a yeah. week. It just oh, feels yeah. like. Like a hot, it feels like a hostage negotiation. I'm just like, this feels super petty. Like, I under, I understand all the reasoning. Like, you shouldn't have VOD and theater at the same time without at least talking about it because that's unfair to that's unfair to the theaters and to the the filmmakers and stuff. But like, this just feels like the way they did it feels like super petty. And I'm just like, well, you could have done this so much better. Another another factor of it, I think, is the last time I looked at AMC's VOD, Trolls World Tour wasn't part of it. Yeah. Oh. So Universal didn't share its VOD through amc okay. or i think any of the other theater chains it's through like universal specifically doing it to like maybe like amazon and things like that but not through theater chains right and that does exist as an option and i think that's another thing where like amc's like we could have kept like our our arrangement on a calculated scale but you're not helping theaters yeah 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 the tricky um, thing was- well anyway it's not all bad uh there's some good stuff that's coming out uh Thanks to the, the Ronas. Um, we talked about a little bit of top, and I mentioned that I finished all of Evangelion. Rebuild of Evangelion, which is the film series. There's three out right now. Fourth one was supposed to be out relatively soon, but they had to push it yep. due to Corona. Um, the fourth and last, I should say. Um, all three movies have been released on YouTube for free. Hell yeah, baby. Which I think is really cool. Um, there are dubs of them, but I don't think the dubs are available on YouTube. I couldn't find them, at least. Uh, I believe that's true. Yeah, uh, I think this is just the uh, the uh, original Japanese language track. Cool, fine with me. Um, not fine with me, damn no, I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, YouTube is doing something else. They're calling it We Are One, a global film festival. Um, YouTube is teamed with Tribeca Enterprises, which is a film festival, uh, which controls a lot of film festivals, uh, to put on a virtual film festival. 
Uh, we talked a bit about SXSW teaming up with Amazon Prime to do a similar thing. This is a lot more film festivals. From May 29th to June, to June 7th, with no advertisements, that's a big, that's a big thing. Uh, the Cannes Film Festival, the Toronto film, film, International Film Festival, Sundance Film Festival, Berlin International Film Festival, Tribeca Film Festival, and Venice Film Festivals uh, will, all be on, will all be showing their films on YouTube. Holy shit. Whoa. Uh, because all, be, all the festivals. Yeah, because all the festivals are being canceled right now. So yeah. putting them all on YouTube. So all those films, things like that, not just the films. The full schedules will be released at a later date. Um, and it will help like have people like encourage donations, much like Mainframe Comic Con did to encourage that donations to help. It it is free. It's available on YouTube that's for free. That's, those are these are all wow. new movies none of us have ever seen for free. Yep. That's that's too good. That's good on you guys. That's really um, good. I would feel like for sure this would be like a YouTube red or or exclusive or something. But it's, wanna, it's free on YouTube with no advertisements. I want to donate. Better. I, I definitely want to help if I can. Um, SXSW will not be a part of it because they've already made the, the deal with Prime, with Amazon Prime, obviously, which also is free to their credit. Mm. Um, it's going to function as the same capacity as a as a normal film festival. So there's going to be panel discussions, music entertainment, uh, showcases for feature length films, short films, documentaries, and stand up comedy. It's going to be the same film festival just on YouTube. It's like mainframe Comic Con almost. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That is so that's cool. Really cool. I thought that was really awesome, dude. That's you. If you could realistically have a a million person film festival, like a million people watching the movie on YouTube and talk about it, like that's that is so good. That is, I love this. This will get more people to watch a lot of these films, also. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big fan. I was not. This is gonna sound bad, but I always thought those those film festivals were for like really. What's what's the what's the proper word to say it? They're I, indie I, movies, Ben. That's what I, the I know. Is. I know they're indie movies, but also I just felt like a lot of them were like the really uptight like film snobs. Well, it's mostly for critics, and it, yeah. so the film festivals generally are exhibitions for critics to see the films and for uh, studios to see if they want to buy the films for distribution. That's what most of the, that's what most of the film festivals are for. Obviously, people can still go and watch the movies, um, but a lot of times when you see a movie in theaters, uh, like a Sony Pictures Classic or a Fox Searchlight, mm -hmm. they have bought that film from a film festival to play and to distribute around the country. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's generally what they're for. This time, like, you know, they still do that. We talked about SXSW doing the same thing, allowing to do the same thing for those films. So I assume the same thing will happen here. I think this is really cool. Yeah. I'm going to check it out. Um, and it's a whole week. That's a lot of movies. Uh, and stand-up comedy and, and music festivals. Like, this is that's so cool. It is that's, awesome. that, that's really cool. People are stuck at home. They got nothing else better to do. Um, I might be going to work by the end of the month, thanks to, thanks to the governor. So, you know, there's that. Whatever. Yeah. Um, need to find that new job fast. <laughs> the Academy Awards has uh, talk about Petty. This is so funny to me. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, talk about Petty. The Academy Awards uh, has temporarily suspended the rules of qualifying films. Films that originally had theatrical releases planned that chose to go to VOD will be allowed to qualify. Uh, if they make the film However, they have to make the film available on the Secure Academy Screening Room member-only streaming site within 60 days of its VOD release. <laughs> um, this, as soon as theaters are allowed to reopen, the rules go back to normal. Mm -hmm. uh, so you cannot qualify if you're originally going to be VOD. You have to be. You have to be theater decided to go to VOD instead. You have to have the corona. <laughs> um, 
However, when theaters reopened, they will allow more metropolitan areas to qualify, such as Chicago and the Bay Area and things like that. Um, so basically, they're just like, oh, we understand. It, for the for the three months that we're quarantined, you can qualify if you already have theatrical distribution planned. But as soon as theaters reopen, no. You better be in a theater or so help you God. <laughs> I, th- I thought that was hilarious, where they're just like, what are you, you're suspending the rules for like, what, a couple months? <laughs> Also, isn't it kind of like uh, I'm sure they have to say this, like for for uh, like for uh, like business reasons. But isn't it kind of assumed that like all these movies are still movies that would have regularly come out? And they would have been nominated for an Oscar. Like we, all these movies that we were going to see are just getting pushed later. Most of like, the Oscar movies anyway are going to be out in December anyway. Yes, but I mean, like Trolls World Tour, like that was going to be a regular movie that's not on VOD. There's only going to be a select number of movies that they're talking about. Right, exactly. That's why I think this, this is so weird. Like nonsense announcement. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's was... petty. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was the, just the it's, weirdest it's, thing. This is basically them saying, like, hey, um, we're allowing VOD now, but if you're only VOD originally, you don't count still. Yeah. Like Netflix, you still don't count. Sorry. I'm like, that's. Um, unless Netflix had initially planned to put a movie in theaters. Yes. Oh, I love it. So dumb. All right. Anyway, let's move on from the stuff and talk about some maybe happy stuff. Um, well, some of that stuff was happy, but you know, some more yeah. some more happy stuff. Um, Disney has re- has released some Star Wars news. Disney. Um, so boy. Out of the podcast, I see. Uh, the untitled casting Andor series has cast Genevieve O'Reilly. Uh, as Mon Mothma. This will be her fourth time playing Mon Mothma after uh, the Clone Wars. No, sorry, Rebels and Adelia the Revenge of the Sith and Rogue One. Yeah. So uh, this is that's cool. I like that. I like that actress. She looks a lot like the original Mon Mothma. Yeah, I like she's, her. she's the second best Mon Mothma. I yeah. too. She's just I like too. What what I like about it is like she's the spitting image of it. And talk yeah. about um a, a podcast that I that I that, that I used to listen to, they thought it was the same actress. It's it's not yeah like wow she looks good for her age. <laughs> yeah, seriously. like she looks really good for her age was an actual sentence that said. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, Tony Gilroy has also been officially announced as the showrunner of the series. He was initially a consultant, but now he's the showrunner and he he did the reshoots and rewrites for Rogue yeah, One. Yeah, he made and, that last part of that movie dope. Tony yeah. Gilroy. This is this is excellent news. Um, Leslie Headland, who is the creator of the Netflix original series Russian Doll, uh, is supposedly developing a Star Wars series for uh, Disney Plus. Not cool. not taking place during any of the times that we know about either. Yes. Oh, this could be future or past. I am suspect to think that it's older. It's High Republic, Old Republic. What's it called? High Republic. I suspect it might be High Republic related if they're specifically saying that it takes place in a different time period. Because I think they're trying to be synergistic with the High Republic, so I don't think they're going to do something way in the future. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised. I don't, I don't think they're ready to touch future yet. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Old Republic stuff. I'd High be Republic. into that. I'd yeah. be into that. Um, finally, Ryan's dream has come true. Is it? Has it? The Hercules live action film is a go. Zero to hero. It's only a matter. Uh, it, it literally is a matter of time. Yeah. The animated retellings, the Disney animated retellings, keep going, and they have announced. This was a weird. This was a weird thing before it was con- confirmed. Like someone, someone with a blog was just like, "I heard this is happening," and then everyone was like, "Is it? It is. It is happening." Uh, uh, just a quick side note, by the way, the Hercules stage musical, the Disney one, 
is going to come back in full force. Alan Menken is writing more music for it right now. Nice. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, so the so the Hercules live action film is threatened to come. Uh, <laughs> this is one I want. Yeah, this is one I'm yeah. into. The Russo Greek brothers are apparently. Sorry, say that again, Ryan. We don't get a lot of Greek mythology movies. Again, like with yeah. Assassin's Creed, like if this allows us to have a Greek mythology movie, I'll allow it. Make Hercules black. The is Russo brothers black? are um, looking are apparently producing. Um, but not directing, they're producing with Agba Pictures, which is their production company right now. Cool. And that's all we really know about it right now. Um, so are are you are any of you familiar with the stage musical they did in New York? No. So so you know Hercules is black in that for the Disney stage oh, show. Hercules was black because they're leaning into the whole vibe of the muses, and that that's the music direction of it. So if they did something like that with the movie, I'd be very happy. I would too. I mean, we got to hope, uh, I mean, Hercules, the, the animated film is very entrenched in 90s pop culture. So they oh, yeah. have to, obviously they have to strip all that away. You know, who knows if he's even going to be a musical. Maybe it'll be like Mulan. Maybe we'll just get a Greek mythology epic. Uh, you need the muses and them singing. Like Hercules has to be a musical, man. No. Especially, especially because like nobody else has to sing except the muses. The muses could be singing representations of the story. That totally mm. still works in vibes. I, either way, I'm into both ideas. I like the idea of Disney just doing like a Greek mythology epic like Mulan or just make remaking musical like they did with Aladdin. Um, yeah. I, either one I'm, I'm into. And of course, people are demanding that Dane DeVito reprises the role as Phil. Well, duh. He'd be yeah. CGI. You can do it. No, yeah. No, duh. <laughs> it, sh it should be him. You just it's put great. green tree on his legs. He's, he's, already, he's already gross. He's the trash man. He's, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's been preparing for the role for 10 years on It's Always Sunny. Philatides will, will be completely CGI. Like, let's not kill ourselves. He doesn't well, know. He can still be gross tiny Danny DeVito just with goat legs. No, but I'm, what I'm saying is like Disney Disney will will jump at the opportunity to make a completely CGI character again. Uh, yeah, Danny right. DeVito could play him still. Yeah. But I just hope they don't. Like have have some constraint. You don't need yeah. to spend a billion dollars. <laughs> but it's Disney, they got the money. They know it's going to make that Hercules is going to make a billion and a half probably. I would love if so many other things are CGI, but Danny DeVito is like practical. Like practical <laughs> It completely they don't cgi up anything he's just uh, having to like yeah. hoof around in these like yeah. weird leg things that he's working with and he's like ha, ha, ha. Oh, um, every once in a while his horn is lopsided yeah For real, that's, the, that's that's the dream like we all like whether you want all these disney remakes or not uh like hercules is the one that i want that i want to see on the big screen the most because that is that is pure Greek mythology heroism with uh, awesome songs, and I love Danny DeVito. And honestly, yeah. like really cool designs. Yeah. Translate oh, yeah. those live action. That'd be great. I want to yeah. see Hades, like a live action Hades, oh, like God, what yeah. that would look like. Oh, oh, baby, oh okay. You want to see a live action Hades? Watch Once Upon a Time. Does it look like no? That? No, 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 no. no, no, Brandon, no. Brandon why did you have to do that? Oh. Did you seriously have to do that? He does have the fire hair. I will say. I'll yeah, look for two seconds. Anyway, anyway, like we alluded up top, Westworld has been renewed for a fourth season. And uh, reportedly going up to a sixth for its final. Yeah, but it's not beneficial. HBO has just greenlit the fourth season. I know. It's but, interesting uh, because um, this is Westworld's lowest uh, viewed season. Um, the, the, rate, the, the critical response is better than season two because a lot of people didn't like season two. Mm -hmm. That looks bad. <laughs> oh, it's the guy from... It's that guy. Yeah, it's that that guy. sucks. 
That's a bad Hades. I'm sorry. Well, oh, you showed the Hades from Once Upon a Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I told you. And he only turns the hair on for like two minutes. Yeah, it's like two seconds even. What do you expect? This is ABC CGI budget. Oh yeah. lord. What are we just talking about? Westworld. Uh, Westworld. Westworld. Um, yeah, the, the critical response is more positive than season two, but less people are watching it. So it's it makes me really happy that they're still going forward with more seasons. Because I think this season is like, I still think season one is the best season, but what they've done with the show and where it's be, where it's been taken, I'm like, wow, you guys could really do whatever you want. Like, yeah, it's, sure. it's, it's, it's open. So, great. Um, we have some extended DC news. Not DC extended, Worlds of DC, whatever they're calling the franchise. But just kind of, you know, what's going on in the DC universe. Um, Patty Jenkins has confirmed that there is a Wonder Woman 3 coming. We expect cool. as much. Um, he sa- She said that she has a arc planned for a trilogy um, and what the third one will be about. Um, but she also confirmed that there's an Amazon movie spinoff. So we, got the, we got the trench and we got the Amazon movies? Yeah, Amazon. yeah. And Patty Jenkins says that she doesn't want to direct it. She wants to direct it, but she's going to resist directing it. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, she also said that, like, she's imagining it as part of her arc. Yes. Like, between two and three. So it is still incorporated in what she wants. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is cool. It's the Hobbs and Shaw of the Wonder Woman. It's a good universe. opportunity for her to get another female director in there. Yeah. yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Birds of Prey director, I'd, I'd do it. Um, good yeah. action. Yeah. If they don't give her a sequel, then yeah. 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 Well, Superman Man of Tomorrow, which is the newest animated show, animated movie from DC Animation, um, re- released a cast and a screenshot. And I gotta say, the animation for that screenshot alone got me excited. It's uh, definitely not the old New Fifty Two look. Yeah. Right. It looks yeah. completely different. It looks really yeah. interesting. I'm totally. Go ahead. This. I'm gonna look at it real quick. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And um, the voice cast is in- weird, weird, and interesting. Right. Yeah. The voice cast hat was also announced. Darren Chris. Uh, mm-hmm. Is going to be is going to be Superman, um, you know, music meister from Supergirl and the Flash. Just saying, he's from, also from, from Glee. From Glee yeah, yeah. Uh, Zachary Quinto as Lex Luthor. That's good. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, Brett Dalton from Agents of Shield as War. Parasite. Okay. Uh, Ryan Hurst from The Walking Dead as Lobo. Uh, he's big, big guy beard. I don't watch Walking Dead, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a big guy, Lobo works. Yeah. Um, Ike Amadi, who is actually in Mortal Kombat's uh, Legend Scorpion Revenge in the movie we just watched. Oh, cool. Um, he's also, he was also Sar- um, Spartan Locke from Halo 5. Oh, oh, okay, that guy. You know, the yeah. guy who looked like... Um, who, Mike Holter? Who... Yeah. Yeah. What a weird thing that was. Oh, man. Oh, wow, that is a different look. Yeah. yeah. Um, it. it kind of reminds me of like the old Fletcher 30s cartoons. Yeah, that's why I liked it. Oh, yeah, good, good call. Um, yeah, he's playing Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. Um, Neil Flynn, the janitor from Scrubs, hey. is playing uh, Jonathan Kent. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not his like a uh, DC animated voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bellamy Young as Martha Kent. Now, I don't know this actress, but she has been on Scrubs as well and a couple of other things. I'm not as familiar with her. Scrubs reunion. Um. But yeah, she plays Martha Kent. So I thought that was really good advice. Do you know, like, do you know the story of this yet? Not yet. No plot details okay. were. Well, the the plot details are like, you know, it's Superman. He's trying to balance being Superman and Clark Kent. So it's like we don't okay. really know a whole lot. Okay. Like, I wonder if this is like if they're like trying to reboot a universe and this is like their their new Superman story, or if this is just a one off thing. If they're all in this animation style, bring yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, like break, like do something new. Yeah. Yeah. 
Charles Palmer, who was actually a director and art, uh, who was actually a director on uh, Voltron Legendary Defender, he, and he did art direction for Avatar, Legend of Korra, uh, Voltron, uh, a couple of other things, uh, Justice League Action, DC Superhero Girls, tons of stuff, um, is doing is directing this. So this is actually his second directing thing cool. outside of Voltron. Um, Tim Sheridan. That's a good sign because they normally get like the same couple directors like for these last like they get like Sam Liu and like some of these other guys who just keep directing these movies. Like yeah. this is like a new a, a fresh take. I'm like, thank God. And it comes from Voltron, which was one was my favorite show. Yeah. So that was really exciting for me. Tim Sheridan uh, is writing it. Now, he also worked on DC Superhero Girls, Justice League Action, like tons of DC stuff. So he's kind of an in-house DC guy. Um, I love Justice League Action. So, cool. yeah. And he, so he's writing the he's writing the movie. I thought all of that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one more thing as far as like the DC universe goes, uh, Jeff Johns has joined the Green Lantern HBO Max series as executive producer. That, that, that could hopefully that means good things. <laughs> we'll see what Stargirl comes out if he's gotten yeah. any better. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, because I'm, I mean, look, I mean, he, he was producer and writer on Wonder Woman, and so like he's he learned from a Green Lantern, I hope. It's true. Yeah. All of it. Um, <laughs> uh, so s- some comic book news. Diamond uh, is really the only significant thing that happened in the comic book world is that Diamond is uh, beginning its plan to open the comic book industry distribution uh, on May 20th. And so a lot of companies, Boom Studios, even DC, Marvel, uh, they have put up new FOC, which is Final Order Cutoff. For those of you who are not comic book uh, comic book uh, readers or you know, entrenched in that world uh, for distribution. Um, so it looks like it's happening. It looks like they're going to move heaven and earth to get comics out to the people again. They sure are, but That's I good. didn't look on the DC side, but there are a lot of Marvel books missing. A lot so, of Marvel books missing. So what, was interesting about, so what was interesting about Marvel's, and I, I saw that too, but what Marvel is doing uh, is they're going to alternate between uh, between single issues and trades. Single issues and trades. That, single yeah. issues and trades. And that and they're withholding a lot of books because of that because they're not releasing new new series um week after week new books week after week uh so like thor isn't coming out till like june or july i think um and i think it's just it's it's kind of smart because you're not trying to put you're not trying to overload the industry right now when it comes out and it's the same reason why dark knight's metal of death metal wasn't part of dc's initial plan and when it launched its new distribution method like we're going to wait for the big ones because we know we want every store to be open when the big ones come out that's true i just so want I my books i agree i want the x-men books too I've, i i want thor and guardians and immortal hulk but i miss my comic books me too i've been I've, i was putting my comic books away in my new office space and i'm just like I just, I just want to go back to the store free comic book day was this weekend it was supposed it was to be this weekend supposed to be this weekend yeah but R.I.P. Free Comic Book Day 2020. So we'll pour, pour one out for Free Comic Book Day 2020. Yeah, it's entirely possible they'll bring it back by the end of the summer because Probably. those comic books are printed and done, so they got to do something with them. It's waiting. Um, Sparks is back, so I can say that Dan Slott is leaving Iron Man. I, that's Iron for me. Man. That should be for me. It's for I mean, I'm always happy when Dan Slott <laughs> leaves a book. <laughs> Iron Man 2020 number six will be Dan Slott's last Iron Man issue. Hey guys, you know how it feels to have an Iron Man tattoo and not reading an Iron Man book? It hurts. Sucks. I, I can I can relate. Yeah. 
It always sucks when you can't read your favorite character or watch your favorite character for any reason because there's there's someone on it that you don't like. Uh, I just wanted to the, uh, basically agree that about the comic stuff because I had to go to the restroom. Oh, yeah. uh, that that I feel like it is smart to hold off so that all the local comic shops are able to get on board because some are still even mandated to not be able to do anything or have to work out their business loans with the government and all kinds of things. So anything to give them the chance to be able to catch up. Yeah. Um, more comic book news. I thought this was cool. We don't know where to talk about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, except for if you watch made from Comic-Con. Yeah. But uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, colon, The Last Ronin is the newest uh, IDW Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series. Uh, Kevin Eastman is doing layouts once again. It's written by Tom Waltz and with art by Andy Kuhn. It's going to be a five-issue miniseries, and here's the logline. In a future New York City, far different from the one we know today, a lone surviving turtle goes on a seemingly hopeless mission to obtain justice for its fallen family and friends. I Who is it? Cool. Who is it? Who's the fallen turtle? Oh. So there's one turtle alive, and the three are, and the, the other three are dead. Of the uh, four? Of the four. Yeah, so of the four, one is alive, uh, and he's going on revenge. I think that looks- Don't forget the lady turtle. There's five turtles now. No, this is a different continuity than that. Oh, just kidding. Yeah, the, and also we don't know how long the Lady Turtle's sticking around. Did you know how that happened? Did you read how that happened? Blood transfusion. We talked yeah. about it. It's the same way as She-Hulk happened. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I think that sounds cool. I might actually pick this one up. Yeah. Um, let's see. Transformers news, guys. Transformers. We all like Transformers. Um Paramount was like, you guys can do animation from home, right? Okay, we're going to greenlight an animated prequel film. So there's that. Um, so they say prequel film, but they also say it's not attached to any yep. other film. So I'm like, so it's just a film. It's not it's just it's an not animated film. film. Yeah. Uh, the cool thing about this is that Josh Cooley, who is the director of Toy Story 4, uh, is attached to direct with Andrew, Andrew Barr and Gabriel Ferrari, uh, who wrote Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, writing the script um it's going to focus on the relationship between optimus megatron and it's gonna be set completely on cybertron oh so this is way before the war even starts might be during the war might be early days we don't know i would love because like all the games and like most of the stuff it's already like when the war is happening like i would love to see them be bffs have we ever seen them when it's just they're cool and they both are guys and megatron becomes bad right outside of flashbacks what there are flashbacks of it, but yeah. outside of flashbacks. But there, there a, but there is a novel called Transformers Exodus, which does take place long when... Oh, I mean, it, it goes into the early days of the war, like when Optimus does become Optimus Prime, but at this point he's still at Orion Pax. And they and Optimus and Megatron, and Megatron still go in by Megatronus at this time. Yeah. So there, there is a book out there that deals with this early stage of... Megatron essentially building his Decepticon army and building politics with Optimus and the caste system on Cybertron before the war began. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a comic that does it too. I want it. I'm pretty sure there's a comic that does those. Yeah. I would like that as an animated movie. Thank you. Thank you. But there is stuff out there that deals with before the war starts on Cybertron. They also said that they're doing a new live action movie, but they released no details on it. So. Yeah, they just released a date. Like, hey, Transformers Seven's happening. Like, does it have to? Though? It's either Transformers Seven or Bumblebee Two, and they won't say which. Isn't Transformers Six? No, it's Seven. <laughs> well, what's, the, what's the sixth movie? No, oh, he's right. he's right. It is six. Then why it does it say six. Seven? Tran- because they counted Bumblebee. 
Oh, okay. I was like, what? Did I miss a movie? Yeah, Transformers. Yeah. I thought Five is the horrible no, crappy movie. Last night, yeah. Seventh Transformers movie. Got it. It still blows my mind that that is a movie that exists anyway. Um, yeah. What? Hellraiser. Transformers or Bumblebee? Transformers: The Last Night. Oh yeah, that. Like, have you ever tried to like tell someone the plot of that movie? Yeah, uh, you got Merlin. <laughs> So, you start like you start there and you're just like, okay, bear with me. Yeah. Merlin shows up and he's drunk and he's Stanley Tucci, but not Stanley Tucci who's related to the Stanley Tucci of the last movie, but a different That's Stanley Tucci. That's the most Tucci. baffling thing no. in that whole franchise. I like, why remember, you a few years ago, I was flying back home from Orlando. Adam looks to me and says, hey, should I watch Transformers last night? And I tell him, don't. And he's like, why? I'm like, it's that bad. Is it worse than two? It's ten times worse than two, I would argue. Or it's bad. It's bad. I think six probably has better action. Five. I think five has better action. Maybe. I I agree with Ryan. I think five is is uh is less of a like offending. It's more fun to watch bad. Where Revenge of the Fallen is just like, oh, this is just racist. No, last night, uh I hate them. I hate both those movies. That's that's fair, but like uh, I, I yeah, definitely yeah. think Revenge of the Fallen is far more like racist and sexist it's to true. a degree that's, that's almost very true. Is Anthony Hopkins in the in the last night? Yeah, yes, yeah. It's automatically better. Yeah, last night's automatically better because of that. All right. Uh, well, here's well, the- in my defense. The last time I saw last night was when it was in theaters. Same. I, I same. Yeah. <laughs> so but I've seen Revenge of the Fallen since then, and I still hated it more. <laughs> uh, so Hellraiser. Uh, we talked about Hellraiser a little bit ago that they're making a new movie, a rebooted film. Um, this is a Child's Play situation, guys. Child's Play is getting a TV series that's a sequel to the last movie and a, it has a reboot movie. So Hellraiser is getting an HBO TV series. Um, HBO's greenlit the series. has been trying to do this since 2012. Um, David Gordon Green is going to direct the pilot and a couple of early episodes. Hell yeah. Um, that's awesome. Mark uh, Verhaden, who was a writer on Battlestar Galactica and Daredevil, and Michael Daugherty, Godzilla King, yeah. the monsters director and writer, uh, and Trick or Treat director and writer, is scripting the is scripting the series. Can you remind me what was the first name you said again? The, the David Mark, Gordon Green. Yeah, David Gordon uh, Green. Yeah, he directed Halloween. Oh, new oh yes, yeah. Uh, he's the comedy guy who became a horror director, and now he's just doing way more like Jordan Peele, and I love it. Um, um, so this is what David Gordon Green had to say about the project. He says the idea is to create an elevated continuation and expansion of the well-established Hellraiser mythology. It is by no means a remake, but rather assumes the past mythology to be a given. It's, so it's Halloween. <laughs> That's great. That's perfect. Even, but I mean, it's even it's even more. They're they're just kind of like yeah, the last movies happened. Even if we don't talk about it. it's more like Ash vs. the Evil Dead, where like we assume Army of Darkness happens, but they don't. Oh, um so i think that's kind of cool i'm interested in that i love i love this franchise even though half the movies are really bad um the fact that it's on hbo means that it's gonna get a budget and mm-hmm. like it's gonna have some good ass scary practical effects so i'm about it i i agree i agree before we get too much further down the list because i was just checking the news oh right. i want to talk about aftershock's kaiju score yeah oh i missed that yes yeah um it's a new series uh from writers james patrick artist rem brew and letterer david sharp um I think the fastest way for to describe it in general is what I put in the pitch. The Kaiju score is a Quentin Tarantino film taking place in some corner of a Godzilla movie. It's what Patrick said. You have this giant canvas of a Kaiju attack occurring. And as it happens, there's this more personal story going on. And after that setup, it explores how these four characters who are in just the worst situation in their lives believe the only way out is to do the impossible thing, this crazy crime. It's about that desperation. Uh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it does sound really cool. 
uh, I love a the idea of just like a Tarantino story set in Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, like I'm like super stoked for a that. heist movie, and then there's like a giant foot in the background. Yeah, kind of like the Hurricane heist movie. Yeah, Hurricane, no. heist. but uh, with an actual, but with like a Godzilla instead of a hurricane. Yeah, um, yeah. that goes on sale uh, November 25th later this year. Cool. You know, Hurricane Heist is directed by the same guy who directed Fast and the Furious, the first one. Really? Yeah. Yes, I did. Oh. Yeah. I wanted Maybe to watch that movie. But that dude could have been making a billion dollar franchise and yet he's making Hurricane Heist. Could have been. Should have, could have, would My dogs are going crazy downstairs, I guess. I don't know why. All right. Um, all right. Lego news. Uh, normally we wouldn't really talk about this, but Lego has been with, has been with Warner Brothers for a long time. Uh, yeah. Since the first Lego movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, now they have partnered with Universal. Universal has bought them out. Oh, uh, this is weird. Universal Studios will now be the controlling uh, interest in the Lego franchise. So, so any future you, Lego films will be Universal based. If you think about all the Lego stuff, uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of Warner Brothers properties, right? Yeah, I mean, well, like, well, these the, heroes the, are super prominent. Yeah, like Lego Batman. Like all of the Lego games like, are most of them are yeah. properties. Fast and the Furious Lego, here we go, baby. To be fair, the Lego games really cover a wide thing beyond just the Warner no, Brothers I know properties. Like, Jurassic Park, Lego. But if you look at the Lego Movie. All Warner Brothers stuff. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. I mean, the, that, that makes sense because it was, you know, controlled by Warner Brothers at the time. No, so. that's what I mean. Like, if they make another Lego movie, it's none of those characters can be in it. True. No more Lego I Batman. Would, that's what I, I would mean. Be into, I'd be into Dominic Toretto showing up in a Lego movie. I would too, but not as much as more of the, the Warner Brothers characters. More than Batman. I mean, true. Uh, so yeah, I guess Batman will no longer be in it. But I mean, unless they make a deal with Warner Brothers to, I, yeah. I question if they even will make another Lego movie after the second one. Yeah, even though at least at least uh, another one that's like tied into that that world that they had, yeah. especially yeah. considering this deal. I'm like, if so, if there's another Lego movie, it's gonna have nothing to do with that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a shame because that first Lego movie proved that like they can do incredible stuff with Legos, mm-hmm. and now this makes me feel like, oh, now we can. Now we have it. Let's just ruin it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, oh, and then everybody loved Lego Batman. Yeah, and then the Lego Movie Two just didn't didn't make money. Yeah, that's even, though it, was, even it was, though it was good, yeah. but like it yeah. didn't make money. And that's yeah. the thing is like I don't. I think even if Universal does it, like nobody nobody cares, and they'll care even less if it's not connected to that that first Especially one. Especially because uh, Lord and Miller aren't involved anymore. Yeah, and they oh, are definitely. they are the funny they are the funny people of the Lego movies. God, I remember as of now, Lord and Miller. They made a point to be like as of now, Lord and Miller are not part of it. They're they're busy being with Spider Man. Yeah. Um, okay. Moving on. Goosebumps. Ooh. Uh, Neil H. Moritz has been who has been a producer of the first two Goosebumps movies uh, is adapting the stories uh, the series of books into a TV no, TV series. Was did I have a stroke? A TV series. That's how I watched them originally. So yeah, same here. Let's do it again. We don't know if it's an anthology like the original show or if it's a continuation of the movies, but I hope so. I honestly, I want them to just be re- retellings of those books with modern technology. Oh yeah, like just just because those books are still good, just do the yeah. same thing, just change things up. Yeah, I'd be a fan. I'd be down because we got those movies already. Yeah, I like those movies. I like those books a whole lot. And also, mm-hmm. those those are some pretty good books too. Yeah, just like um, update the I mean, obviously update the effects, but also maybe toss in a few things for the twenty fourth century that. That kids today know and just maybe twist the stories around that. That, that could work. Cell phone. Yeah. You guys hear the Elote Man? I hear the Elote Man. Hey, we have a drug. We have a drug dealer. Is he a drug dealer? 
So, well, I don't know. Right now, you know, maybe not. But he hasn't. There's an ice cream truck that uh, drives by the street every now and then. And it's an ice cream truck and it's pitch black. And he plays like this radar noise, like boop, boop, boop. And it just says ice cream on the on the side. It, just like, it, it could be the FBI. It might not be a drug dealer. <laughs> really, really weird. Anyway, I saw the last men in black ice cream truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Uh, okay. Doctor Who news. We haven't talked about Doctor Who in a long time, guys. Been we're all we're all behind. We all, but we all like a version. Well, maybe not Ben. We all like a version of the Doctor. Ben, I watched Christopher Eccleston. You watched the season. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I like um, the episodes of David Tennant. Anyway, we all like a specific era of Doctor Who. I would, I would, I would think. Um, well, anyway, uh, BBC is going to launch a immersive multi-platform story called Doctor Who. Time Lord Victorious. Uh, now, if that name sounds familiar, it is what David Tennant called himself at the end of his third to last special before the end of time. He called himself the Time Lord Victorious. Um, and then he went to the end of time. This is, takes place after that and before the end of time two-parter, which is awesome. The end of time two-parter still holds up. That show rocks. Love David Tennant. <laughs> anyway. yeah, I don't want to go. Uh, set within the dark times at the start of the universe, when even the Eternals were young, it features the 8th, ninth, and 10th Doctors traveling across space and time as they defend the universe from a terrible race. Rose, the Daleks, and the Ood will be a part of it, as well as more creatures and characters to, to pop up. Um, this is very interesting because Christopher Eccleston refuses to do anything with Doctor Who. I thought that, too. Comic books. And then I found out something. What? Chris Reckleson did an interview late last year where he talked about how he started going to Doctor Who fan conventions for the first time last year, and it healed something inside of him. Aww. And he is now looking back on his time on Doctor Who in a more positive light because connecting with people who have not just adored his career as the Doctor, but his career on a whole, because he would have fans come up to him with memorabilia from a across his entire career, has changed his perspective on his time as the doctor and he feels more proud about it. So there's a possibility that Christopher Eccleston will come back and be involved in some amount. Uh, and this isn't meaning like a new show, but, uh, but, but there are common audio productions for Dr. Who David Tennant and Paul McGann have both been part of them before. I highly suspect there will, we know, we know there will be an audio story attached to this. Well, that's what I was going to say is that, you know, Chris Rexon doesn't do this, but there were audio books being put up by Big Finish for this uh, for this endeavor. Uh, and I can only imagine that if you have the Ninth Doctor, that we are going to get a Big Finish Ninth Doctor, and it will be Chris yeah. Rexon. You think? I so. think so. I think so. I don't yeah. think they would go for. I with didn't this. think so until I read that article, and I'm like, oh no, we might, we might actually yeah. get it. And now, now David Tennant used to do um, didn't used to do Big Finish until much until much more recently. He did right. a bunch of BBC audio before he did Big Finish. Big Finish is basically where all the past doctors go to do to keep doing Doctor Who. Uh, That's um, and this is really exciting. The Eighth Doctor um, Big Finish stories is how I became a fan of the Eighth Doctor. He's my favorite Doctor. Um, but we're going to get audio. We're going to get novels. We're going to get comics. We're going to get vinyl. That was a weird thing to mention. Vinyl. Yes. We're going to get records. <laughs> Uh, there's going to be digital right. there's going to be immersive theater and escape rooms and games yes. very interesting multi-platform 
yeah, the way they're going about this uh, rings uh, very much of the way High Republic was talked about, but on a slightly larger scale uh, yes, for it. Doctor Who. Uh, I'm really optimistic about this. Me too. Me too. Um, it's supposed um, to run for 12 weeks straight. Yes. Yeah, so from September 2020 this year to January 2021, 12 weeks straight. Yeah. Uh, if you look up uh, anyone listening or Ben, if you look up the image attached for this, it's really cool because right center is uh, David Tennant's doctor, but he's wearing classic Time Lord garb. garb. Yeah. Um, it's and it's very much uh, in my mind based on where it's taking place. It's very much hinting at a very dark version of David Tennant's doctor. Yeah. Uh, I'm super into that. Um, I'd love this, to see Tom again come back again, no matter what. So that, that's exciting for me. This feels like uh, the people who are are more connected to Doctor Who now post Moffat wanting to put a more clean stamp on those previous Doctors without the Moffat era stuff attached. Um, yeah. To kind of like, not necessarily uh, change or fix continuity, but more smooth it over to feel a little more fleshed out uh, in this time period of those Doctors. This feels like to me, and to bounce off what you're saying, I am. I was very disappointed in the day of the Doctor. It's not. I wouldn't count it as one of my favorites. Um, I, I wasn't crazy about Moffat's about Moffat's tenure as Doctor Who. Uh, slightly before that, and I just, it's a fine episode. He, he's what made you stop watching. Yeah, and to see this, this is that fiftieth anniversary that I thought we were going to get, because you have Paul McGann and you have Eccleston. Like you throw a Matt Smith, I get, hell, I'm good with Matt Smith. Do it. I like Matt Billy Smith. Billy Piper, uh, the first time I watched Doctor Who, the, that with Eccleston, I had the biggest crush on Billy Piper, uh, and I did for years, for years. And then I she was- I got a show for you, buddy. What? Yeah. I got a show for you, buddy. Is it called Penny Dreadful? No, it's called Diary of the Call Girl. Oh, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's a call girl also in Penny Dreadful. So I got my, I got my, I got my Piper all piped up. Uh, but I like her a lot, and like, the fact that this feels like an actual big reunion. I'm like, this is like the 50th anniversary that we should have got. Yeah. 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 This, to me, this feels like that anniversary episode that I dreamt of that I wanted. Um, and especially where it's placed, which is those specials are incredible. Um, so kind of bouncing off of that, like I'm super stoked for this. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I I'm really intrigued with what they're going to announce about what specifically is, is going to be there. I'm going to check out these books. I'm going to check out these comics. I'm going to check out these audio adventures. That sounds really, really cool. If Eccleston yeah. does come back. <laughs> That will be huge for the fans. Oh, like, oh, the fans. Yeah. Oh, my God. That'll, Doctor Who will be number one in the world. Oh, my yeah. God. yeah. He wouldn't even come back for the 50th because Moffat screwed him over anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's true. It's true. Uh, and so that's why I'm like this, this, that article about Eccleston talking more favorably about his time and, and like being excited about going to conventions and things. I'm like, oh, this might happen. This might be really, really cool. Yeah. This might oh. be really great. Uh, audio. I'd like yeah. to think that this is going to make me, uh, especially with HBO Max now having Doctor Who. Oh yeah, uh, that I'm going to want to catch up and and see the stuff that's now post Moffat that that's been really well received because a lot of the people involved in Doctor Who now are the people who are attached to working Didn't on this. Didn't we watch some of it? No, we've we've only been in Capaldi. We have not watched uh, the the Lady Doctor. We haven't. No. Jeez. What? Am I, what? Crazy. But yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm hoping that this is kind of like my my Dragon Ball Super Broly moment, like what Brandon talked about. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. like, oh, I got to go back to Doctor Who. I want to watch the Lady Doctor stuff because I do. I really do. I want to be watching that right now. The thir- the thirteenth uh, uh, Doctor. Yeah. Um, well, I don't. The- but she's been doing a really cool thing where she's in character as the Doctor from home 
giving like uh, instructions for kids and stuff about washing your hands and things like that. It's cute, which I think is really cute. Yeah, I thought that was cute. Uh, all right, we're finally two hours into the episode. I, I do want to mention one thing that I forgot to mention in my my week recap. I just want to touch on it. Uh, a new chapter of Dragon Ball Super, the manga, came out while we were were away, and I just want to touch on it because I kind of talked to Ryan about it. Um, it's a very exciting moment in Dragon Ball Super because Goku is fighting Moro, the wizard magician dude, the Galactus, uh, the guy who's very magic, and uh, he's using his magic. To, to fight Goku. And Goku has been able to not master Ultra Instinct, but master the form before Ultra Instinct, where he's still got the black hair and blue. He's He's gotten that a lot more under control, so he's using that. But what's really exciting is Vegeta is still not at the fight. Hmm. Goku is the one who has shown up early, and Vegeta is late. And this is the this is so exciting. I'm getting uh, the vibes from when uh, Goku fought the androids and succumbed to the virus, and then Vegeta showed up and went Super Saiyan for the first time. Yeah. I'm so pumped for Vegeta's arrival, guys. It's nuts. It's so good. Uh, okay. We are now at trailers. Been two hours. Been hour. TT. So, as we, as our, our, as our comment section has alluded to, we are going to talk about some of the things that you guys wanted to talk about. HBO Max last week posted the, all the trailers for their launch titles. They're going to launch May 27th. Two of them that oh, I thought were really yeah. <laughs> Two of them that I thought were interesting. Um, Looney Tunes cartoons blew me by surprise. I didn't know they were doing this. I didn't oh, know they I were doing yeah, I was aware. Uh, I, I remember months ago, I, I I read a message talking about the leaks about how there's a new Looney Tunes show. I'm like, oh, I guess we'll see when that happens. And then I got I saw a trailer today. The Looney Tunes one looks like classic Looney Tunes. I was very happy with it. It does. Yeah. That actually made me happy because I remember when they did um, a Looney Tunes show back. I want to say back when we were in college in the early 2010s. It wasn't that good. Like Bugs and Daffy were roommates, and it it just. For me, it was missing that classic Looney Tunes. I remember, that one. I remember yeah, that. one. I love classic Looney Tunes. I mean, yeah, this looks was... like this looks like an anthology of short film. Oh, it's it's short, of short it, and even Bugs has this classic yellow glove. Like in the very first few Bugs Bunny, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, Bugs the, Bunny the had yellow gloves, and then later on, they look like they're in their classic, like early Looney Tunes uh, designs. Oh yeah. Uh, so, Bugs is Bugs is um, head is much more of a kind of kind of a, of an oval, of yeah, a more oval than yeah, a, angular. Yeah, yeah. But don't don't get me wrong. The, the Chuck Jones uh, version of Looney Tunes to me, those are timeless classics. No one can ever replace those. Those are thank uh, you, Bob Clampett, Art yeah. Salius. You're absolutely correct, Mac. Yeah, those are absolutely beautiful. But seeing this, it feels like a return to form for Looney Tunes, which is something I feel like Looney Tunes has been missing for, essentially for eons. Because hey, just wait for Space Jam too, baby. Oh God. Uh, I, d- I do want to point out, because Ryan mentioned the same thing while we were watching Looney Tunes, that Boomerang had a show just a few years ago called Bugs, which went back to classic Looney Tunes style stuff. Okay. Um, it wasn't as heavily the same as what we're looking at here. There definitely was still like, it, it picked up some cues. It was kind of like a blend of the new Looney Tunes show that was out about a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, mixed with classic Looney Tunes, it was a lot more blended into that kind of nature. But it was kind of the stepping stone to this. And I want to give credit to that team. Okay. That they were doing that. It's not like the Looney Tunes weren't putting out quality cartoons. It's just that was on Boomerang and not getting a lot of attention. Yeah, but like people do. They were kind of back to back at the same time and nobody cared about either of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this. Oh, yeah. I, I would like to, honestly, HBO Max 
Sounds like a streaming service I could get. Yeah. Oh, so they also they're also making it free if you have a Hulu add-on. If you have Hulu and you have you have the HBO add-on, which is already fourteen ninety nine, I checked. Um, it will upgrade you to HBO Max for free. So you know, there's right. That. That's basically it's basically the same as having HBO now, which we have. It will automatically become HBO Max when HBO Max releases. However. If you do not have HBO Now right now and you want to get HBO Max, you can get a year of it for $12 instead of 15 if you get it before May 27th right now. 12 bucks a month, baby. It's a good deal. Yeah, not bad. Um, the, other, the other show of note, there's a couple of other other, other things that, you know, whatever. Uh, the other show of note that I thought was really cool was the Not not Too Late show with Elmo. You know, yeah. I think this is cute. I think this I is freaking adorable. I'm so I, ready. Yeah, I thought this was really adorable, and uh, uh, Elmo yeah. is, a, is a fun character, and you got you know yeah. you got John Mulaney on the on the on the show. It looks like fun. It does. Cookie Monster as his uh, secondary is so yeah. 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 My yeah, spirit, um, my spirit animal. I, mm-hmm. I am a big fan. Like I love talk shows. Like I watch all. Like I don't watch them live because one I don't on TV, but I watch them all on YouTube. Like when they when they come out. But um, I will absolutely watch an Elmo talk show. That looks hella charming. Yeah. I also just love like the end line is like, hey, it's called the not too late show because Elmo's bedtime is seven thirty. Yeah. yeah, it's like your favorite like three and a half year old. They're like, wait, how old is Elmo? It's yeah. Yeah. Late show it's for kids. kind of for adults. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Or or a late show for kids. Um, yeah. Which I'm 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 fine with. I'm totally cool with. Not too late though. Yeah, Agent the Shield. Agent the Shield season seven released a new trailer. I was the last person defending defending the show. I don't really care anymore. <laughs> yes, I was going to say the same thing. It is like Muppets Tonight in the nineties. Disney released oh. that show. Muppets Tonight. All right. The okay. fact that Disney Plus doesn't have the entire Muppet show, all the Muppet shows, is ridiculous. The fact that they don't have the entire Muppets anything, everything is ridiculous. But they have the ABC series from a couple of years ago. That's nice. I appreciate that because I like that show to an extent. Yeah, uh, but right. uh, it drives me nuts that Muppets Tonight is still not available. Holy crap! Are they on really? Netflix? Now? No, okay, Muppets Tonight has never been made available. No, I mean, I just mean any of the Muppet stuff. No, not to no. my knowledge. No, I don't think so. Uh, anyway, so of the Shield Season 7 uh, has a new trailer, the well, first trailer. Um, this is now they're back in time. Uh, it's a 1931, looks like where they start. I think they're going to bounce bounce to the future, and that's how Daniel Souza shows up. We know that he's going to be in the show. Probably Agent Carter cameo eventually. You're very optimistic about them doing it that way. I don't really care. I'm not going to watch it. I'll tell you what. I'll I'll tell you what. I'll watch it after I've caught up on Runaways, Cloak and Dagger, Jessica Jones, and The Punisher, and then maybe I'll watch Agents of Shield. Because as far as I'm, I care. It ended season five. Same. Yeah. So when Coulson died, and what he was that the life bottle decoy? It was a a decoy. He right right now, this Coulson is a life model decoy. Oh. Okay. Who cares? Anyway. Because they couldn't just let it end poetically at season five. No, nope. and it was so good too. Also, yeah. um, all right, let's do. Hey, yeah, let's do this. Lovecraft Country. County. Ooh. County. Is it no, county no, no, it's country. Oh, it's is country. It? I thought it was county. I'm sorry. Nope, it's Lovecraft country. country. I thought it was country. I thought it was county as well. And to me, it made more sense. But no, it's it's country. It's yeah. a Lovecraft country. Lovecraft and... country looks pretty cool. Ooh, yeah. this is another politically charged. Cool. Because it's, it's, it's like saying. This is Lovecraft Country, son. Yeah. When you come here, this you're is dealing with Lovecraft Country. country. Yeah. That's the intent of it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm into this. 
yeah, yeah. it's a, a southern gothic horror uh, uh obviously very um african-american uh charged uh dealing with like race riots and stuff like that but also lovecraft spooky stuff maybe like i, I love it like a guy yeah, back in town because his dad's missing uh also lovecraft monsters are here the second i said lovecraft country and then i saw that monster i'm like oh this is ryan's jam oh and again it's hbo so like it's got that money honey it does it's not afraid to be scared also, uh jordan peele's executive producer yeah always cool oh, yeah. uh these trailers are journey smollett from birds of prey she's in it uh black oh, nice. In it. Yep. nice uh these trailers are all over the place so let's just go to assassin's creed valhalla <laughs> yeah the third, creed. the third origin movie right because it's a sequel to Assassin's Creed Origin and Assassin's Creed Odyssey and so Assassin's Creed Valhalla, right? It's three. Oh yes, yes. Um, uh, it's it's yeah. I think you should see what you mean now. Yes, this is the. There are technically, it is the next sequel of Assassin's Creed games, but they're not so much connected as much as you think they were. Be they're kind of just mm-hmm. more self-contained fun games that explore the origins of the assassins and the Templars and stuff. But um, this one looks sick, and all the stuff you can do in it. Um, the trailer's cool, but it's a CG trailer, so that doesn't give you any indication of what the yeah. gameplay is. Mm-hmm. But as someone who's played the, both of the newest Assassin's Creed games, um, giant open worlds. It plays like The Witcher, Ben. These are the yeah. Witcher. These are The Witcher games now. Uh, you got uh, gear that you can upgrade. Uh, you got mounts you can ride. Um, uh, dual weapons. I took a picture of all the stuff that's great in it. Um, yes. Yeah, so the biggest thing is, let me find it. Hold on. Verse offs. Yeah. So additionally, Valhalla will introduce the competitive sport of flighting, aka Viking rap battles. Um, so th- that's cool. You're gonna have Viking rap battles. I don't know what that's gonna sound like or look like, but that sounds great. Have they taken the plunge and just done mythology yet, or is this still like historically accurate, essentially? Oh, no, it's, well, no, that's the thing. It's from since Origins, they've had Medusas and Krakens oh, yeah. and a lot of Cyclops and then side centaurs. And because you are in the Animus, you are in a simulation of the past. You deal with monsters that aren't actually there, so it's historical fiction. Uh, I see. So that's, still, their, that's their way of getting around the mythology aspect of it. They can incorporate the, uh, the mythology. As, as good as a lot of those games are, um, they were kind of restricting and like, we want to be, we want to be a big sci-fi game, but we also want to be really historically accurate and you just can't have both. You just can't do it. It doesn't work together. Uh, so that's why some of those games start to fail. After four, they were just like, we can still do all the history stuff, but have also all the fictional stuff that, that makes history cool or make fake history cool. So like, yeah, I'm fighting Cyclopses and dragons in Odyssey. And stuff like that. Um, and yeah. I have superpowers and stuff. But um, Valhalla is about Vikings, and it just looks really cool. Uh, I really like the. I really like the trailer. How they're how we see like the the King of England talking about how these are godless people. And yeah, hey, Brandon, I was just about or, to say that. Yeah. So it's the hey. real. It's King Alfred of Wessex. He's the actual king of England during the the ninth century. Um, a lot of the stuff is is historically accurate. Um, but also again, like. You see, maybe that's Odin who turns into a raven, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, that Odin kind of stuff is all over the place in these games. Um, yeah. So I'm very excited. The thing I like about this game is um, it's not, uh, because it takes place so far in the past, they're not called the Assassins and they're not called the Templars. They're still using their old uh, Assassin's Creed origin and Odyssey names. They're the hidden ones and, like, the masked ones, basically. But this takes place, like, in the beginnings of the Assassin's Hood. So, like, your character, Ivor, the king of these Vikings, he gets he gets uh, in the middle of, of the Assassins and the Templars, much like Assassin's Creed 4. You don't start as an Assassin or start as a Templar. You are brought into their world. Uh, and that's a very interesting way of going about it. Uh, I'm very excited for this game. This one looks like, of the three games that have come out, this one looks to be, like, the winner 
like the one that they've been building up to to like the perfect Assassin's Creed game. So are I these have... mostly are these mostly standalone? Could you just pick up one and just yes. play it? I've been interested in, in in this, but I know like the original three, they were really led into each other. Yes. So yeah, the original games I follow Desmond Miles, and then in each game you do different ancestors. But in the new games, you follow Layla Miller. I think her name's Layla Miller. That's an X-Men character, never mind. But her name's Layla, and you are basically there's very little modern stuff. It's basically, hey, I'm trying to learn about the past, play this game for a hundred hours. Um, mm-hmm. so the modern stuff's honestly not even very important. Okay. So, uh, I from what I gathered from Ryan, like if you, much like I, Brandon, want to get into the mythology pieces, you can just go to Assassin's Creed Origins, Assassin's yeah. Creed Odyssey, and Valhalla. Yeah. And you don't have to touch any of the other Assassin's Creed games. Uh, uh, much like comic books, like, if you know the other games, it helps. But, like, they very clearly took on a path of, like, we know our history is is stupid and it's convoluted, and there's seven games that don't make sense. So just don't worry about it. Have fun as a Viking. Okay. I'm into that. Um... Speaking of having fun as a Viking, no, that doesn't work. I'm sorry. The Great has What's a new war? Has the first trailer. Uh, this is the from the director of the Favorite. This is the new the, new writer, of the, the writer of the Favorite. Uh, this is a, the new Hulu series starring um, Nicholas Holt and Elle Fanning. Yeah, this looks really good. It yeah, does. It's Russian the Favorite. It's- I'm excited, <laughs> and I'll watch Elle Fanning in anything. Yeah. Yeah. When he throws the dog off the balcony, he's like, "For science!" and it's just the parachute. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah. Um, it's like very dark comedy like you know it's like what century is it it's like the 17th century or something i don't know but it's like it's old in time so like women can't talk or vote so it's like oh honey you don't talk right now she's like oh okay and you slowly see how she's gaining power and maybe she's gonna like she's gonna kill him and become the empress of russia i Mm -hmm. don't know my russian history i'm gonna look it up and maybe spoil myself uh, Catherine the great she was one of russia's great leaders she it was her and obviously the sars that followed and then of course then you have lenin and the communist party and all that but Catherine the great is seen as one of the great russian leaders from yeah. what i can remember from world history in sophomore year of high school that's like 13 years ago but I we did talk about, we did talk about Catherine. we did learn about Catherine the great how she did like essentially bring russia up so i'm actually looking forward to this this being kind of like a it's a historical comedy with some like some fun things thrown in there. Uh, I played the the civilization games, and whenever you play Russia, you play as Catherine. So I guess she's very yeah. important. Oh yeah, yeah, Catherine the Great. She's seen, essentially Catherine the Great is kind of like the Queen Elizabeth or Queen gotcha. Victoria. Queen Victoria, that's a better one. All right. Speaking of, ooh, that was a bad one. I'm not even going to say it. Jeez. <laughs> Love Victor also had a trailer. Speaking of Hulu, Love Victor had a trailer. More like it's just a scene from a movie. Yeah. From a yeah. Uh, it was a spin off of, of Love Simon. Yeah. It's a charming, excuse me, it's a charming scene, but I'm like, it's interesting when they just release clips instead of just trailers because this is just yeah. a clip from the show. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I know I know the tone of the show now. That's good. Um, yeah. I just like that movie. You know, it's very similar stylistically. Um, it's, it, but the, the big deal was that they released the release date also. My cat's here again. Um, June 19th is the is the release date for this one. Cool. Oh, okay. I, I watch it. I like Love Simon a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Disney Gallery. This is oh my god, my cat. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he, he <laughs> um he likes my new office. Okay. Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian. This is the new Disney Plus TV series, uh kind of behind the scenes TV series of how uh, they made the Mandalorian. Um 
I'm really, really stoked for this because I, I really like how they made the Mandalorian. I think that technology is revolutionary. So in order to kind of go back and actually get some answers for how they did it rather than just speculating, I'm so excited. Oh, me too. Me too. I love I love behind the scenes making of movies, especially sci-fi movies. Like, how do you make things that aren't real? What is yeah. that like? Like, and I'm all the whole thing with like the the whole thing with the script with the project with the LED screens to get the natural lighting effect, and so that people have something to bounce off of. Uh, eight episodes of that, I'm in. Give me that. Oh it's yeah, eight episodes. It's an yeah. eight episode. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna know everything about that show. Yeah, and I'm. I'm stoked. Like I said, like I said, the the technology is revolutionary, and I think it can change the film industry for the better. Yeah. Uh, I'm so stoked. Oh yeah, I I just love to see how they made that. Like the like seeing a side by side of like Nick Nolte in full makeup just on that of uh, that that one monster, that one creature. I can't remember. He's not not the cat. Uh, not... If you think an eighty year old man is in tiny prosthetics, like you got or or just or, or just, just a little Asian girl, and he's and he voices her. I'm not actually. I'm serious. It's more famous. <laughs> The act, the actor on that master, and then they're able to, to um, turn that into a CGI. You know what I'm talking about? Just the way they did the effects from like practical to CGI. Just that I'm like I'm into it. Same. Yeah, I'm really stoked. Um, Blood Quantum. It's a new Blood Shutter, Quantum. Shutter movie. I guess it was supposed to go to theaters initially, but they they're just putting it on their streaming service, Shutter. Yeah, uh, this is, it looks like. A low, a low budget zombie movie, but just like a, a different kind of take on it. Um, I think some of the shots are really good. It has like it has some uh, inner spicing of animation, which I'm always a big fan of. Yeah, uh, they did that in Deadly Class that I really liked. Um, Mandy too. Mandy as well. Yeah, this looks like a like a decent little uh, zombie movie. The thing I'm interested in is it has an almost like uh, predominantly Native American cast, so they're speaking uh, uh, their their native language like throughout the trailer, and I think that's just an interesting take that you don't get to see very often. I think that's, that's yeah. cool. Also, the premise is essentially that they that this this group of people are immune to the zombie yes. the virus. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say because you don't normally see that in zombie movies of people who are immune to the disease. If you get bit, you're done. But there are some people who have gotten bit. It's like, oh crap, I'm not a zombie. Yeah, it's I'm like a, a last bus kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, BPM bullets per minute. You can tell I'm kind of fading reading out this news. Oh, it's okay. Uh, hey guys, uh, let's go to Helheim. I'm into it. Yeah, this this when you first told me about this, I thought I, I thought it was gonna be just another generic video game, but like you gotta shoot on the beat of heavy yeah. metal. That's so there's, awesome. there's a game that uh, I'm sure you were of a Ben I know about. It's called Crypt of the Necro Dancer. It's a rhythm platforming game where you have to move to the beat, and now they've made a first person shooter Doom version of that, mm-hmm. where you have to shoot on the beat, jump on the beat, reload on the beat. Uh, and like when you, if you've seen the trailer, you see the reticles are constantly going like this. That's the beat. So you always have to be shooting or reloading on that beat. And I think the premise alone is really fun. Um, I love rhythm games, whether it's dancing games, Guitar Hero games, or actual regular video games. Um, Mario Party sometimes. Uh, I just think it looks hella fun. It looks like like Doom. We're all fans of Doom. And I know mythology, so Helheim, you know, let's kill some demons. Yeah. That's, yeah. When, I saw, when I saw this trailer, I was like, this is Crypt of the Necro Dancer mixed with Doom. I figured you'd like it then. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like I like the idea of it a lot. Um, I... I do wish the visual palette was a little more varied. I think it's a yeah. bunch. Of- yeah. yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah. I do get it. I just think it'll get it'll get a little wearing to look at a lot of red and yellow for mm-hmm. that long. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand that. Yeah. Um, all right, made of scare, made yeah. as an M A I D, not M A D E. Yes. So this this um again this is like a a lower budget horror game, but I'm just in, intrigued by it because it's based off Welsh folklore and Welsh horror stories, and that's not something I know anything about. 
uh, but apparently deals with uh, nicely dressed men in masks. Uh, so uh, it's so like blind. Could they be blind? Oh. Because you see, you see a lot of like shots of them like holding their. Yes. Uh, so like movement and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. that could be it. Um, it looks just like one of those atmospherics, like first person horror games. Like we played Resident yeah. Evil, Ben, something mm-hmm. like that. I was going to say, oh, it yeah. looks, it looks very, very atmospheric. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I'm interested in it and it's coming out later this year. So it looks cool. Uh, and then the, uh, the last trailer we have destroy all humans had a new trailer and a release date of July 28th. This is the remake of the CV of the new series of the old PlayStation two video game. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that original game. I think we all Me are. Too. I thought, I thought yeah. I liked the game a whole lot. I I think I never owned it. I think I've just rented it from Blockbuster, but we really liked it. I want to say we've been waiting. We got a trailer for this game like last year. Last E3. Yeah, last E3. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been almost a whole year. And it's only going to be 40 bucks when it when it launches. They they did remake the game instead of yeah. just re uh, instead of just re What do they What do they do for the Halo games? Yeah, they just re remake. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's out in December. I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. A, a good thing is a lot of games like this, like Destroy All, uh, Destroy All Humans, even Trials of Mana, a lot of them, when they do get this HD remake or release, they are always uh, below a uh, the, the full $60 price tag. So it's not, more, not more the, or, or Final Fantasy, for that matter. But what Resident Evil, Evil, well, because well, Resident Evil 2 and 3 are, like, different. Yeah. Resident yeah. Evil 3 is a six-hour game. Yeah. So that is no that, that, that is a $60 six-hour game. That game has no excuse. Uh, but Destroy All Humans looks like fun. I've been wanting to revisit the game for a long time. I know they've been making sequels, um, but I'm stoked. I'm stoked. The, the first sequel was okay, then the other ones were not. Yeah. So I will definitely. I don't love even know the that. second one. I didn't know they made more after two. I think they made like two more. I'm there's pretty one. sure there's four, but I don't. There was know. like a Wii one that was real bad. Ooh. Yeah. All like right, guys. All right, guys. We did it. The marathon of news is over. <laughs> Uh, let's get into our main topic for the episode, even though technically I guess the news should be the main topic. Um, unless we have anything more to add? Nope. All right. Uh, Mortal, Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge. This is the new Mortal Kombat animated movie. Uh, full spoilers from here on out. You have been warned. Uh, although if you played the first game, you pretty much know what's going to happen. Yep. If you've yep. seen the movie, if you played Mortal Kombat 9, if you played Mortal Kombat 1, 2, or 3, you, you if know, you've watched our basement arcade, if you if you know anything about Mortal Kombat, you know the story. Yeah, uh, it's a little different. And, and so let's let's dive right into it. I'll just say my initial thoughts a bit to bounce off of what you just said. Uh, I do think they did find an interesting way to tackle that story that we've seen so many times, and yeah. and focusing on Scorpion was a good idea instead of focusing yes. on like Liu Kang. And there's just enough. Um, obviously, I don't think they're going to want to like do something drastically different. They want to retell that story from Scorpion's perspective perspective. But for people who know the lore so much, like I do, like I know that I know those first two games, like by heart by now, I've played the, I played them so much. Um, changing things like having, uh, having uh, Jax get his arms torn off by Goro is an interesting touch. Cause like, he's not originally in the first Mortal Kombat, the original one, but he's an MK nine, but he gets his arms destroyed by Ermac. Right. So there are various things that keep you on your toes. If you know everything about Mortal Kombat, uh, I think the animation is solid. I think the fighting solid. is the best part of this, bar none. Easy. Yeah. The, right? the, action, the action and the fighting in this movie is great. Uh, I love how they take how they do like the X-rays when Scorpion is just like or when anyone is getting impaled or when Luke King's fighting Goro, you see his ribs break. Yeah, it's it, like this nice neon pastel. Yeah, it's the animation and the fight scenes are fantastic. 
My big gripe is I feel that there are times they they focus too much on Liu Kang, Giant Cage, and Sonya Blade and not enough on Scorpion. So to me, the movie yeah. called Scorpion's Revenge, there's not enough Scorpion. I, I do agree with that. Um, I do like, I do, I mean, it's weird having a Mortal Kombat movie yeah. and focusing on not the main character. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird, like, I feel like you have to have Liu Kang in there because you still have to tell oh, a story yeah. about combat. I, mean, you don't, uh, I do agree. Now, we don't get me wrong. I don't, I, that's just a personal gripe. I like the movie a whole lot. But I feel like if you call your movie Scorpion's Revenge, and I feel like 49% of the movie is about Raiden, Luke King, Johnny, and Sonya, and the other 51% is about Scorpion, there's, there's got to be more Scorpion. No, you're right. Throw, throw those characters in there, of course, but give me more Scorpion. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna here for say, Scorpion. I'm not here for the other guys. I'm going to say I don't disagree. Um, real quickly, I want to mention the, the animation. I was dealing with my cat, but the, the animation... I'm not crazy about the character models, but I do really like the animation. Um, The the thing about Luke Kang, Sony Blade, and Johnny Cage, I think Luke Kang and Johnny Cage are very underserved in this movie. Uh, I don't think that they... And again, like you said, Scorpion's Revenge, Scorpion's the main character. Uh, I would have liked more with the other main characters, which Sony Blade and Johnny Cage are main characters in a way. Mm-hmm. But, I don't, but again, I don't know if we got a lot of. I don't know if we got enough point, of them. If you want the Luke King story, watch Mortal Kombat. Play Mortal Kombat. This is Scorpion's Revenge. It was. Oh, no, it was I wasn't saying. I wasn't saying Luke King. I think Luke King got enough. I'm. I'm good with Luke King. But Sonya and Johnny, because they do kind of have the romantic subplot of the movie. I don't think there's barely. a lot. But, but that's my point. Barely. Yeah. Like, why do it if you're just going to barely do it? Either yeah. take it out or put or, or put more effort into it. I agree. And the movie's already eighty minutes. So like you. You can you can add more stuff or trim more stuff. Like you're at that sweet animation. Like like most animated movies are like like the DC movies are like sixty to eighty minutes long, right? Yeah. So like, it, there definitely was some stuff that I would have cut for more Scorpion stuff because Scorpion is like my favorite part of this, and it, yeah. I came here for Scorpion. Again, if I wanted Mortal Kombat, I'd play or watch those games. But right. this right. is Scorpion's story, like, and, see, there's, there's and, that's all, and, and that's all I mean that oh, yeah. I either do more with it or do less with it. But you yeah. you do just. You don't. You just don't do anything enough with it, and it's, I would have. Yeah, it just kind of exists, and I don't think it should have. It's just there to propel the the Mortal Kombat story that has to happen. That Scorpion is not there. Like right. you, they should have. They could have figured a way to focus more on Scorpion while still doing all the Mortal Kombat stuff. But I feel like maybe they didn't have enough story there. Yeah, but yeah, I did like the characters for the most part. I, I yeah. think they all are solid. I, well, I like Johnny Cage. And- the opening fight scene was Scorpion and the Lin Kuei, or at least Quan Chi's um, deception of the Lin Kuei. That was fantastic. It starts strong. Oh, yeah. It, it starts It starts, It starts. starts strong, even when we see um, Scorpion in uh, um, Netherrealm, and he just, like, rips himself off those chains and just kills those demons left and right. That was, like... This is so freaking uh, Spark said, uh, I said it reminds me of like, like, no, you said it was like Samurai Jack, but I'm like, this is like way more violent Samurai Jack. And he's like, oh, so it's it's primal and Samurai Jack together. Cause like they're during that first fight, like, especially when he's in when he's in hell, and he's mm-hmm. got like he's got like the whips and stuff, and I'm like, man, this is good. This is like it's very stylish and like the red blood and like mm-hmm. the, the shakiness of it. I'm the like blood on his face is reminiscent of Scorpion, which I thought was yeah. really interesting. Um the I've complained about the R rating for DC for the DC animated films because some of them do go into the R rating and I don't think they earn it. Um, for the most part, they just kind of add a gratuitous sex scene or imply one. Um, and I, Gargoyle. And yeah. So when I'm when watching this, I think this is the 
Yeah, I feel comfortable saying this. I think this is the only time that that they have justified an R rating for an animated movie. Yeah, as, as, far, as, these, as far as these direct to DVD films go. Because yeah, like when you think of Superman, like Superman doesn't he shouldn't, but he doesn't necessarily need to be rated R. He's a, he's a hopeful character. Mortal Kombat man. Mortal Kombat's literally about killing people. Mm-hmm. That's the fundamental basis of the game is killing people. So yeah. like it ha- you have to. You could do a PG thirteen fight, but like that's not that's not what Mortal Kombat is. It's it's never what it's been. There yeah. were so, like, so many the fact times. That they went hard is good. There were so many times when Fanny and I were watching this movie that like Fanny was playing Animal Crossing while I was watching it. She would look up from a game, and both of us in Houston would go, "Ooh!" Well, we yeah, hundred percent. Scorpion would just like rip a dude in half. When you saw this this glor this fatality, just like like you see the brain, the gray matter of the brain, you see lungs and. And all this gore, but the th- normally when I see gore like that, I'm like turned off by those movies. But for some reason, I don't know if it has the animators or the fact that it was an animated movie or the fact that it was Mortal Kombat. I knew what I was getting myself into. I'm just like, gimme. I want to see as vi- I want to see this violent. I want to see like one of my favorite parts is when Scorpion when um it's in later in the movie like when the Black Dragons surround Johnny Johnny Lin, um Liu Kang and Sonya, yeah. and Scorpion shows off his uh, his spear. That's so cool. And then he just like shoots a spear. It spears three dudes, brings them back like a shish kebab, and rips their heads off with their spines. Yeah, it's brutal. I were just like, this is effing cool. Sparks, you haven't said anything yet. Did you want to add? What did you want to add? Yeah, I I don't really agree with anyone about the balance of the main characters and Scorpion. I thought it was totally fine. Um, I just wanted I just, Scorpion. I'm, I, I, I understand like that. It. I just think that telling uh, the story of Mortal Kombat 1, I don't know how you can do that in a way without, I think, incorporating Scorpion into scenes where it almost doesn't make sense for him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought they Scorpion. already pushed... I, that, but I mean, it still gave plenty of Scorpion's perspective on things. It still opens with him. It's still telling a story yeah. that, that ultimately ends in him being the person who decides how the Mortal Kombat tournament ends. Yeah. Uh, he... Uh, uh, you know, uh, surrenders the, the, I'm trying to think of the specific word, but he surrenders to Liu Kang so that he can fight Quan Chi because that's what it's really about yeah. in its overall arching story. But you're still telling the story that happened during Mortal Kombat, so you still have to have those main people there. Yeah. But Scorpion's not exactly a conversationally engaging character with the others. So I don't know how you can implement him into a lot of those other moments that are necessary to tell the story from Mortal Kombat 1 yeah. with it not feeling like it's working against his character. I, I 100% agree with that. Uh, I just, when I go into this movie with a movie that's supposed to be about Scorpion, I just, again, like, I don't think the movie's bad. I just, I, when, it, when I'm expecting more Scorpion, I don't get it. I don't, I don't think that's a, a negative. Well, I think that there's, I think there's something we said about characters that are like Scorpion um, that have done like movies that have done this have used uh, characters like Scorpion as the main characters. Like I'm thinking about Dread. Um, John you know, Wick doesn't that much. Well, uh, John Wick, sure, but like I'm supposed to be speaking about Dread because uh, unlike John Wick, Dread has a sidekick character that does basically the talking for us. Yeah. Um, and I don't think you can give that to Scorpion. So I, I'm, no. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm agree. I'm not. I don't know which one of you I'm agreeing with, but. Uh, I just wanted to say that perspective of like, you know, yeah, look, there, there is that kind of balance, I think, that can be struck. Look, I think that we get more expositional work with Scorpion than any of the other characters, and I enjoy it. And I think that Scorpion has predominantly the most action scenes, and uh, and they're really good. And I think if they pushed it for too much more without the variety of the other characters, it would have become uh, oversaturation. 
of uh, his action scenes. So I think that it does still feel like it's about Scorpion and it's about Scorpion's overarching story in relation to the Mortal Kombat story from the first game, but it's not uh, overly dominating with him to the point where it just becomes, you're just watching Scorpion do the same stuff over and over. Yeah, that's uh, right. and, that's, and that's why I feel like the balance is fine. I don't feel like we spend too much time with the other characters. I feel like they're, they're executed for the most part fairly well. Um, I really like that they even found a way to work in that moment where Scorpion is amongst them and Johnny Cage gets in between them. He's like, did anybody declare Mortal Kombat? Cool, we can all hang out. And Scorpion's like part of that engagement, oh, yeah. which ultimately leads to him helping them fight the, dra uh, the Black Dragon. Um, it, it just, it didn't, it didn't feel like it was paced out wrong to me. It, it all worked fairly well. I love it. Do you remember there was a there was a Mortal Kombat short film? Uh, that legacy? No, no, no. That inspired Legacy. Like they were they they were able to make Legacy because of the short film. Um, I watched all of it. I don't remember what it's called. I think it's Mortal Kombat Rebirth. Yes. Um, uh, but I wanted to bring that up because Scorpion is the main character of that. Also, mm -hmm. like he's the. I, I think it's interesting that that. Whenever people try to make like new Mortal Kombat stuff, Scorpion ends up being the the well, character that try to like to try to like make the main character. So like, Luke Kang. Even though Liu Kang is the is the hero of Mortal Kombat, Scorpion and Sub Zero are the face of of the, of the games. They've sure. always been in more Scorpion more than anyone. So like it makes sense why they mm. would put him as the lead of other things. It makes sense. Yeah, uh, and I I was just gonna say that uh, I, what I do think I could have done with more of is just the the sense, even if we're not necessarily seeing a lot of it, the sense of Scorpion searching for Sub Zero on the island. Yeah, I feel yeah. like because uh, Sub Zero kind of shows up uh, as an afterthought. Uh, which obviously he isn't for Scorpion, so I, I wish that that had been more prevalent. Yeah, that's really the the only major sticking point. I I will say, that. Hold up, Brett, if if I might, I yeah. would feel like my uh, my second biggest gripe is the fight between Scorpion and Sub Zero was either way too quick, and there wasn't there wasn't enough meat on those bones. I feel like they could have expanded that. Um, I know, I saw that X-ray. There's a lot of meat there. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I see what you did there, Brandon. I see what you did there, but I feel like they because when Scor when Sub Zero shows up, Scorpion just goes in his rage and he and he fights and kills Sub Zero like that. Whereas in Mortal Kombat Nine, there's a little dialogue between them. It's like I did not attack you. I didn't do this. The revenge and, was so fast. Yeah. Yeah. The re the revenge happened quick, and then it's all of a sudden Quan Chi pops up after essentially Scorpion impales Sub Zero, and he's all like, "It was me. Suck it. Ha 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 ha. Troll." And then uh, Mag says, "True, and some lore of Jackson, Sony versus Kano and betraying country." Yeah. I, I do think that there is a. I, I think that that you you are absolutely correct, Sparks and Ben. The the it's it may not be a big moment for the movie, Scorpion killing Sub Zero, but it should be a big moment for Scorpion, and yeah. we don't necessarily get the sense that it is. Yeah. Yeah. That that is one sticking point that I feel is weak, but I really do like the reveal that Quan Chi was pretending to be Sub-Zero. Yeah, I like Quan yeah. Chi's like, whole deal. There's a brutal tragedy to it, and I really hope they make another where we get the follow-up on like him having killed Sub-Zero wrongly. Yeah. 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 Um, and then we get to see Sub-Zero become Noob Saibot, who's a cool uh, shadow monster. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, I will say, I thought for sure uh, we were going to get like Scorpion's like origin of how he became Spear Scorpion Man. And when he was strung up, I was like, this is this is how we learn how he gets spears inside of him and stuff. And then it just cuts to him full costume, spears in hand. I'm like, we don't even see how he gets a costume. Yeah. There's no like there's always like the superhero suit up or whatever. And like I know this isn't a superhero movie, but I was like, for 
this is supposed to be the origin of Scorpion. We don't get to see the origin of Scorpion, except for the thing everyone already knows about Scorpion is that Sub-Zero killed his clan. If you know Mortal Kombat, that's that's history. We all know that already. So I was waiting then to show how he becomes Scorpion, and then he's just Scorpion. I'm I mean, like, I just <laughs> I just assumed that Quan Chi did it. That Quan Chi just made him that. Yeah. I, like, I mean, like, but, but I don't know that I needed to see that because Quan Chi says, like, you go and be my champion. And then the next time we see him, he's so there now as he can the just champion. Shoot so now, from his hands. And now he has a flaming head. Yeah. I mean, like, that feels like what Quan Chi did for him. And I do think that, like, it, the, the, the motif is inspired by what he does to kill the demons getting to Quan Chi in Nether Realm, which is a dope moment where yeah. he is uh, whipping it around. It's just like, okay, I'm going to. Take what you're working with here and make it this. I just, I, don't know, I just like wish they would have said something. You know, I do think, I do think that the that the moments when we see like the 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 classic uh, scorpion moments, like the get over here and the ripping oh. off the face, and I think those moments are very well earned, and I like so, I like the fight I with Punchy a lot. I was so happy that throughout this entire film, because I was wondering, because obviously they had to put it. I was actually laughing like during the an the opening animation with Daffy Duck walking around, and then Scorpion just grabs it by the neck and says, "Get over here!" I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. But Same. I was sitting there wondering, is like, when are they gonna put the get over here? Because obviously, when you have Scorpion, you have to have the get over here and the flaming head. That's his fatality. And I'm really glad that they didn't overuse it. And when he finally does say "get over here," it's kind of like that. Yeah, he finally said it moment. It, that it pays off the whole movie, and it was just fantastic. I love we get that. we get two fatalities in one. He does yeah. he does the spine rip, and then uh -huh. he does the head thing. I'm like, we get two for one, baby. I, I know that. I, I, I really I really like that. Go ahead, Ben. Sorry, what did you say? No, I'll say well, like when he rips Quan Chi's head off, throws it down, reveals his Ghost Rider, his flaming head, burns him alive, and. One part was kind of, I was kind of hoping that Shang Tsung says fatality or something yeah. like, like, he did, like he did in the original 90s film. But at the same time, I'm like, no, I'm cool with just like Scorpion just murdering Quan Chi right then and there and just walking around and just like, okay, I did it. I think, uh, I think Shao Kahn has a, uh, has, has a, um, has a case against Raiden about the Mortal Kombat uh, because on a 1v1 battle, Liu Kang versus Goro. Mm -hmm. Another combatant interfere intervenes. Oh yeah. yeah. So I think he's got a case to be like, uh, excuse me, but I love how Scorpion kills Goro. I think that's a really cool moment. And you just see this face still. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I love that this that this movie was like it was allowed to go as rated R as it wanted to. Mm -hmm. Like if, if we're gonna make a Mortal Kombat anime, let's make a Mortal Kombat anime. And they, mm -hmm. they went for the violence. Maybe. I also really enjoyed Shang Tsung in yeah. this one. I like um, all, especially all when he uh, he's already on to Quan Chi and he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he pours the drink out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I like, yeah, challenge. I think all the missions are, are great in this. I like them all. Yeah. Uh, I really like Joe McHale as Joe McHale as uh, Johnny Johnny Cage. I like him a lot. Waiting for clips Same. of gin, of ninja mime. <laughs> yeah. Dude, oh. if they put ninja mime in that live action movie that's coming out next year. I'm gonna, I'm yeah, I really like the kind of the reveal that you know Johnny Cage. You know, we as fans know that Johnny Cage knows martial arts, but like nobody else does. Like yeah. stunt doubles, and then like yeah. there's the reveal, well, like we, oh, we, we also fight. really like that moment where it's just holy shit, Johnny Cage can fight. Yeah, because yeah. he kept uh, things, like I could, like I love. I actually really enjoy how Sonya is like just takes no shit, constantly kicks Johnny Cage in the nuts over and over again. 
but also both nut shots are really good but when he when johnny i remember it was like johnny's like when they're fighting the black dragons johnny's like i can fight and Sonya's like no 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 sit your ass down you ain't gonna do jack shit but when he comes in and she's like oh he can he's got legs for days he's just kicking like it's crazy it's like her you can obviously see her respect for giant cage go up through the roof and she's like you know you get luke king's bicycle kick yeah you do He's Bruce Leeing so hard in this movie. Yeah. Um, he would, I love it. He so would throw in a Bruce Lee joke in there, too. Yeah. Uh, I really like the designs of the characters, but specifically Sonya Blade and Katana's updated outfits. Yeah. Katana looks dope. Much better. Like, it still reveals some skin, but not in, like, a disgusting way. There's, a, there's another thing. But, like, Katana, uh, she's in it for, like, a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She does the fight that she does with Luke King from the movie, and then she's gone. Yeah, yeah like, I don't know if you need that there but i mean here's sparks the point i guess like you do but i don't know here's what i'm I'm curious about if they make a sequel do they do they make it from the perspective of somebody else because like because yeah yeah i think so yeah because like katana is a major part of mk2 and she's only in this one for literally 30 seconds sub-zero's perspective I, i i think that's i think that's part of the point is to kind of have it be like uh, if, for this Mortal Kombat Legends series to be able to take on the perspectives of of one character per per story, yeah. and I like that idea, and I don't mind like the world building, like knowing that they want to continue this. That's what the katana scene is for, but also because everybody gets their one on one match yeah. before everything else in the movie happens. Um, Johnny Cage gets Baraka, which I wish Baraka was in it more, to be honest. Um, Sonya Blade gets uh, Reptile, and Liu Kang gets the iconic Katana scene. And I think it's fine that that's the amount that she's in. If you know Mortal Kombat, then that's plenty. And I, if you don't know Mortal Kombat, but you like this movie, then when you want to watch the next one, that's yeah, set up. Exactly. Like, if they if they do make a second one, which they do, like, Katana is vital to that story because of Shao Kahn is, is her dad. So, like, they have to put her in here even a little bit just for the future. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd like to see if they did a sequel that'd be from 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 uh, Katana's point of view. Yeah, yeah, if literally anyone's. Yeah, that'd be the more now the more that I think about it, Sparks. Like, I I think I might be hung up on thinking it was Scorpion's movie, but like that dude barely talks. So like, you need other people. Um, I just I I thought I was getting I thought I was gonna get something that that was I thought I was getting something different when it kind of is just Mortal Kombat, um, which is not a bad thing. Um, and I, the more I think about, about it, I'm like, the deviation, oh, about it. but the deviations I appreciate. Yeah, I did too. It's oh, like yeah. somebody who knows the lore. I'm like, like okay, Scorpion, like Scorpion, the one who kills Goro. I like that a lot. Yeah, because I didn't see that coming. Because I thought, oh shit, oh, Tony Blade kill... kills Reptile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are, are they gonna kill Liu Kang right here and there? But then he rips Goro's skull out of his head, and it's like, oh, and then it's like, oh, okay, Mortal Kombat. And then Scorpion's like, f this, I'm here for him. I'm here for quality. I love the the Raiden uh, um, um, uh, ominous line where he's like he says like, Luke King like Luke I thought I was supposed to win a tournament he's like Luke King you weren't supposed to win a tournament you're supposed to win the war you're supposed to defeat yeah. Shao Kahn yeah yeah he's like, like you, you, you don't defeat Goro you defeat Shao yeah. Kahn like Mortal Kombat too. Uh, Mag says would be interested for Robo Ninjas or invading exploring Outworld yeah right. yeah, maybe. yeah that's what those next games are. Mm-hmm. Getting there. That's uh, that's what the team behind this movie said uh, for the next one is like big outworld stuff. Good. Yeah, I'd be I'd be interested in, in this one. This is uh, this is probably the most interested I've been in a, in a um, Warner Brothers animated film for director from the director DVD um, yeah. department in, in yeah. a while. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. I found it wholly entertaining on every level, and like it's it's got enough classic Mortal Kombat, but enough like differences for yeah. you to to not always 
anticipate everything and, and enjoy it. And the way that they render a lot of the locations is really beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And next to, next to Castlevania, I don't watch a lot of really violent uh, uh, animes, which I probably should because I love, I love violence. Uh, but like the fact that, again, like they, that they're allowed to put out a cartoon that looks like this, I'm like, awesome. Thank you, Warner yeah. Brothers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess final thoughts and rating? Are we good? Yeah. 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 Um, all right, Ben, why don't you go first? I, I still enjoy this movie. I mean, my gripes aside, the fighting is great. The action is amazing. We get the we get the things as a, as a Mortal Kombat fan, and as like I said before, Scorpion's my favorite um, Mortal Kombat character. He's my main. I absolutely love uh, Scorpion, and just to just to see this movie, just him kicking ass and taking names, it's like, oh, this is this is red. I have a few gripes, but other than that, it's a solid eight and a half out of ten. I really enjoy this movie, and I think that if you want to get into Mortal Kombat and you only know the movie and maybe a little bit of the games, you're good. Brian? Wait, can we touch tips? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> For our audio listeners, I touch Brian's tip. Um, I would give this movie, yeah, I would give it an eight. Um, I'm very glad to have more Mortal Kombat in my life. I'm just, I feel like I'm just slow, I'm just waiting for January 2021 for that movie to come out. I just want it to come out so bad. I'm so hyped for it. I love the whole cast. Um, and like again, like Mortal Kombat's always on my mind because we got Basement Arcade happening. Um, I'm glad this is great. I'll give it an eight. Scorpion rules. Uh, Sparks? Yeah, I'd solidly give it an eight and a half. There's there's very little that I would change about it. I, I thought, um, I don't think I, I just don't think I had the, the preemption of believing this was entirely just about Scorpion. Um, I knew this would be more of you know mortal Kombat one retold but with scorpion as like central character and i feel like for the most part it achieves that and mm-hmm. uh it's it i'm i'm not bored at any point no. at, even close uh i find all the action really good the animation is for the most part very fluid and stellar there are some sequences that are absolutely gorgeous mm-hmm. so um yeah i'm i'm overall very pleased and i hope yeah. they make more uh did you rate it already did i miss that I said eight and a half. Eight and a half. Yeah, I, uh, I, mean, I agree with you. I think I agree with most of everything you guys have said. I'm not crazy about the character designs, but I do really like the fluid animation. Um, I think a lot of anime, a lot of animation with this kind of um, style gets a little stiff, but they, they don't, they aren't very stiff. Uh, in fact, multiple times they're really expressive. Um, and I've said multiple times how much I miss expressive animation. Yeah. Um, there's sequences, especially in the beginning when we see Hanzo uh, fighting the, the Lin Kuei, when um, it kind of like turns into like frenetic energy animation, I really and I really appreciate that. Would have liked more scenes there, but you know, yeah, for the most part, I think a solid eight. I think I'm a, I'm with an eight out of ten on that one. All excellent. right, uh, excellent film. Really excited. Really happy we did this one. Um, all right, so let's get into our book club. Welcome to the Fake Nerd Comic Shop. Yeah. Hi. Um. Do you have any books can you be more specific um anything readable uh we still got more show strap in mag i know you're the only one listening now um <laughs> uh strap in this is sparks's book club so sparks take it away hey we're discussing amazing spider-man volume one back to basics uh written by nick spencer with art by ryan otley and humberto rombos and uh i was not a huge fan of Dan Slott writing Spider-Man. So when Nick Spencer was finally able to come on and take over the Amazing Spider-Man title, I was just super stoked to have somebody else doing it. Uh, To have Nick Spencer doing it and doing this good of a job is awesome. I 
uh, what I have all the issues of the run, but I'm way behind and I needed to get back to it and I needed to catch up. And I forgot how awesome the kickoff of this all was. And uh, I cannot express how truly happy I am that the first issue is all about Peter coming to recognize that he needs to be with Mary Jane. Um, that was so important to me and such a sticking point of like, just the the title of this is such a back to basics. Let's get back to what Spider-Man is supposed to be about is such a like, yeah, this is the, this is where I want the story to be. This is the stories of Spider-Man I want. And man, is it good. So did you yeah. read any of the Spencer superior stuff, superior foes, the Spider-Man no. book you did before this? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Cause yes. that's, that book's sensational. Yes. If, if you guys are like this book, like this dude was, he's Spider-Man's his favorite character and he's been trying to write it since before he could. Uh, and he was writing superior foes, which is a villain team up comedy book. Um, that's exceptional. Uh, and then he did Captain America, and people hate that Captain America stuff, except for us. And then he got Spider-Man, and now he's in he now he's in heaven. Uh, I think it's very impressive how Nick Spencer is able to, in just one issue, yes, and off of Dan Slott's run. Oh yeah, uh, without like completely like discrediting anything, but be like, hey, uh, he you guys who love any of it. no, he didn't, but he but he did go like you know. Uh, we're going. We're going back towards what what Spider Man was before yeah. all that happened. And um, I love and the way he yeah. does it is really. So good. I was worried because um, I also Dan Slott wrote Spider Man for ten years. Uh, I will not say I. I don't think all of it is bad. Kind of like you. I don't think all of it is okay. Bad, yeah. After Spider Verse is when it got bad. So so half of his run is bad. Uh, but after Spider Verse, he should have left. But anyway, um, the stuff that he did with Peter, I actually thought was really interesting. It's not what everyone wanted, but I. I don't want my Spider-Man to be broke his entire life. I think character evolution is smart and good sometimes. So the parts when he was a genius scientist in, in early years, run, not mm -hmm. at the very end. Yeah. But the stuff with Horizon Labs, I really liked. The stuff with Otto Octavius mm -hmm. was really good. So the fact that all of that still comes around full circle, that all the stuff that Otto did as Peter is still, is still real, it's still canon, and it actually is ruining Peter's life because now he's Peter Parker again. And not not Doctor Octopus. I love that. I love yeah, it. That was one of the still sticking it to him even after all this happened to him. That's what I. That's what I really liked about about this run. And it's immediately when they're just like, oh yeah, I did go back to college. I got my whatever. Um, but then it was just like, no, this is a paper I wrote. But Otto Octavius was in my head when he did it. Yes. So it's <sighs> so like he doesn't have the graduate degree anymore. So it's like, oh, that's that's a yeah, really cool idea. Because the liar. Yeah. Go ahead, Ben. The fact that, uh, because when I started reading this and it was like, Peter's like, he's a science editor, the bugle, things are actually looking up for him. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool. But then just to see it all fall down and just see it all crumble before him, it's like, ooh, that yeah. sucks. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that that's a good way to, to yes and uh, off of this, as we've talked about mm -hmm. in relation to comic canon and, and lore. Um, yes. But uh, something that else that really works for me is just, this Peter Parker sounds like. Hey, hey, hey baby. Luna, hey, baby. Luna, sorry. Hey, baby. Anything can happen on a live show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we'll keep it going. Yeah. The uh, uh, <laughs> I really liked that at the end of this issue when he's talking to uh, all the when he's talking to basically the audience, and then it's revealed that he's actually talking to MJ, oh. and he basically confesses like, no, MJ it's always been you it always should have been you we should mm -hmm. like i don't know what the canon is does peter parker know that brand new day happened does he know that he made a deal with the devil to lose mj or does he not 
No, yeah, he's like he, the, he's he the only one who knows. Oh, okay, so he does know. So because there's a shot when he says it feels like there's something missing, and there's a shot of her hand, getting the impression that the wedding ring is missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I re- I really like that shot. And I've not read Brand New Day. I don't know what the canon has been since then. If he like conveniently w- just thinks that oh something weird happened and we all broke up. I don't know. I didn't know if he remembered that he was one time married to her. Um, if it does that, it's a whole nother layer to that that I really like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what I was going to say before my dog barked is um, I, I think that it just so very clearly off the bat sounds like Peter Parker talking to me. Yeah. Uh, Slot never really got there for me. Um, when Peter Parker would do the narrations and things, that never really truly felt uh, synonymous with the Spider-Man I've I've come to know in comics or the Spider-Man I've come to like. This isn't me entirely shitting on his run. I'm sure there are exceptions. I did not read all of it, obviously. Um, but there, there's something where uh, much as um others would say the same thing about the new 52 superman and how that didn't really speak to superman for them that didn't feel like superman didn't sound like superman that was slot spider-man for me and this doesn't feel that way this feels very much in the opposite direction this is like oh man this is so true to the character and not just spider-man it's true to aunt may Mm -hmm. it's true to mj these feel like the characters i know uh kurt connors i love the The lizard final it's to be a character instead of just Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde for 50 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all the character has ever been. It's like, oh, I can't control it. I can't control it. I can't control it. Now it's like, I can't control it. I'm a lizard man. Deal with it. I love it. He's teaching college. Was, oh, yeah. God. I was so happy when, like, when Peter walked into the classroom and he saw Kirk Connors as a lizard. And he's like, hey, um, hold up. And he turns back into Kirk Connors. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that cool. is really cool. Yeah, I like, I, I like all the villain work, but the... The stuff that I think is really interesting is the split. When he's split down the middle, essentially, between yeah. Spider-Man and, and Peter Parker. Um, one gets the science know-how and the... the I mean, Spider-Man's got all the powers of Spider-Man without the responsibility, and then Peter all Parker... All Spider-Man, none of the responsibility. Yeah. Until he's like, yeah! The Tri-Sentinel thing was really cool, though. Hell yeah, baby. But I like that it's also not a demonized message about it, of like, mm-hmm. uh, oh, that, you know, like, Spider-Man with the powers and without the responsibility is all bad, and then, like, when he's re-merging with Peter, he's like, hey, man, like, I understand we're carrying weight about some shit, and that's why we feel responsible yeah. for things. You can have fun, too. Yes. You can yeah. enjoy being a superhero, too. It's a learning experience for both sides of Peter, Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, I think Nick Spencer gets the comedy. Like, he's a great comedy writer, but, like, his Peter Parker is so funny. Yes. And, like, uh, Rob... Is, what's Rob... Is Robbie Robinson? Is that his son? The, the, yeah, his, uh, Randy, Randy Robinson. Randy Robinson. He's like, Peter, it's Tuesday. Don't you have class? And he's like... No, he's like, you have class on Tuesday. You know what day it is? And he's like, other Third Tuesday? Tuesday. <laughs> you know, like, that's... There's some really good. He has a he has a press conference that he's got to go to, and and that's where he loses all the respect from his peers. Uh, That was such a tragic moment, and it sucks because you know it's classic Peter. It's (laughs) like I can tell, I can't tell people why this is the way it is. Yeah, Uh, it feels right. Yeah, there's a great line. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say like the second that um, what's her name calls Peter to the stage, I'm like, because like, hey, here's the thing about plagiarism. And I also want to call Peter Parker to stage. He's like, oh, this is just... I really like how they're just like, people can plagiarize in so many different ways now. You can go to a different parallel universe. You can... There's a kid who sold his soul to Mephisto to get a higher... kid who sold his soul to Mephisto. There's... I have so many lines that I that I took pictures of. Um, there's a line when Peter got fired from the Daily Bugle, and Robbie's like, we're going to need you to clear out your office, and somebody's taking away his chair. And Peter's like, not my sexy chair. It's like, it's the bugle sexy chair now, son. Uh-huh. 
and a couple a couple pages later it's just he's on the chair it's like you know i i heard everyone well maybe not everyone this chair is good <laughs> he's on the chair there's a there's a, a minor mysterio fight where like mysterio oh, yeah. tries something new i love that's the, the, best. Guy. That's yeah. the <laughs> best part of yeah. this whole first issue okay. when he's just like i'm gonna probably kill with tunk tunk yeah yeah uh, there's a great by Felicia line, the black cat. He's like, I hope that's not my final joke. Oh, I love that. The there's second a- he goes, he's like, I'm either going to save the day or I'm going to die a horrible death. Either way, bye, Felicia. And he's like, oh, God, please don't let that be my last joke. When he just, did- him, just him slamming onto Mysterio's ship and just like, uh, tunk, tunk, tunk. And just Mysterio turning around, just like, and Mysterio, oh, Mysterio's no. whole bit after that of just being like, I figured just go for it. Yeah. Just get them all in one go. And this is, oh. this is so good because Spider-Man is dealing with this like personal trauma. And then Mysterio's like, you know, I just want to try something different. You know, I feel like I was in a rut. And then that, like, Spider-Man's like, that's me. I'm in a rut. <laughs> like, so good. And, so no, and then when Spider-Man swings away, Mysterio's like, hey, put a good word in for my hearing. Yeah. Can we please talk about the standout characters? It's Black Ant and Taskmaster. Oh, God. <laughs> Taskmaster, uh, anytime Nick Spencer writes Taskmaster, uh, uh, it's a win. It's a yeah. win in my oh, yeah. That dude is too funny. Uh, I can't handle it. Yo, so is that your face or is that a mask? Because oh, I God. heard that, like, something bad happened to your face. <laughs> What'd you just say to me? And he's like, nah, cool. Don't say that. He's sensitive. Oh, oh even the interrogation scene where that one is like, hey, where's S.H.I.E.L.D.? S.H.I.E.L.D. is like the same or Oh, we're going to have so fun. On a can we talk about um, the ringer? And uh, and the other guy who are uh, invading the like garage sale bookstore. Oh yeah! And then catches them and then he gives them books and they're like for us and it's like man that guy seems like he's in a really positive yeah, place yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. Wow, he seems like in a really positive place. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this book is, uh, I'm this definitely, book. it's all on Marvel Unlimited, uh, even though I have like the first three volumes that I bought, because uh, uh, I was buying them when they were coming out. Right. Um, I'm definitely a continuous because uh, once issue 30 pops around, that's when Patrick Gleason is on board for art. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, that's on Marvel Unlimited now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I uh, just, just moved right up to my list of like catch up now, right next to the yeah. X-Men books, because I'm like, yes, I need to be caught up. I forgot. It's so I, good. In, at first, uh, because every every issue starts with two pages of, of Craven stuff. In the first couple of issues, I I was like, this is kind of, it's just setting up whatever. But then you realize that the stuff with Taskmaster is involved with Craven. Yeah. And you realize mm-hmm. all these slowly comes around at the end of the arc. It's like, oh, oh yeah. now setting up for Craven. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I, had a, I had a feeling we were going like, to see Craven because every time we got to those two pages of that guy hunting that elephant in Africa, yes. I was like, Craven's got to show up. And then it would Craven's, just cut away Craven's to the rest. a big deal very soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, I love that stuff. I want to touch on uh, Mysterio's whole courtroom bit. Oh God, which is awesome. Um, uh, that the the whole uh, him defending himself and then falling apart into that hellscape. Yeah, of uh, bugs uh, with the guy who is clearly like being built up as a a big common threat. Um, I believe it's the Kindred. The Kindred. Okay. Yeah, he's a great um, design. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that was that that was terrifying how yeah. just like she just starts vomiting bugs uh i'm i'm so pumped about that i also really love the tidbit about mayor fisk who's just trying to praise and accolade spider-man while condemning Key every other mass city. hero to make spider-man be hated by the other heroes and so when the other when the defenders are there and they see and they're like oh, oh no not this yeah. guy. 
and you know, I, that, that was really that was really cool for me because I really like that Daredevil run. I think the Daredevil run is really great when he becomes mayor. So like having that kind of flashback, I was like, oh yeah, he is the mayor. Just the fact that all I was wondering what was going, what was wrong with Spider Man. How everyone was like just looking at like when the defenders look when Spider Man swings in, and they're like, ugh you i'm like what did he do he's your friend like when johnny's like he doesn't like you i know i don't like it either i was like okay is he referencing star wars or does he actually not like it because i thought he's, Storm- he's doing it he's doing both because yeah. i'm like i thought giant storm and spider and spider-man were like bros what yeah, I remember the- it was a whole like period where dr octopus was spider-man and like i mean yeah an- they, they bring that up but i i never read that run so i didn't know exactly what happened yeah so um, there's, there's one line that I really like when when the, the Peters are split and Peter's like, you're causing thousands of dollars of, of damage around the city. And he's like, who cares? That's what damage control is for. Is that what you want, Peter, for other people to lose their jobs because I'm not doing my job? And I'm like, damn, Peter, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Tri-Sentinel that he reprograms and spray mm-hmm. paints a Spider-Man face on. He has a spider So Sentinel. dope. Yeah, the Spider-Bot. To and then just, my Spider-Bot. And then just Mendelstrom pulled out of the woodwork to be the, uh-huh. the guy behind the Tri-Sentinel. Is, is is the Kindred bad guy, is he getting those Sentinels from alternate dimensions or just from around the world? I am not sure. Because it looked to me like they were popping in from a different that's, reality. That's what it looks like to me too. I don't think they were just sitting there because yeah. Mendelstrom would have just had They them. had like things behind them. Yeah, so yeah. like, I think the Kindred is maybe like a, like an intergalactic, like multi-dimensional asshole. Yeah. Multi-dimensional asshole. Yeah. That's that's like that. mm-hmm. Business card. Um... Anything else you guys want to add, or should we get out of here? Uh, I just want to reiterate that I really like where the way he's writing Peter and Mary Jane coming back together, where Mary Jane is acknowledging that like what she loves about Peter is the fact that he's still Spider-Man. That yes. that's what keeps her coming back to is because she knows that's part of who he is, and he can't be something other yeah. than that. When, and when, I'm like, thank you for fixing the yeah. problems. When it's just uh, when it's normal Peter and MJ, MJ realizes like, oh, I it's. You, the full you with your responsibility and your carelessness sometimes is why I love you. So like, yeah, yeah. you have to, you can't just be a human. I love that you're reckless. And you're right. Uh, guys, yeah. uh, like, I don't care what Dan Slott or Marvel ever said. Peter and Mary Jane are the Marvel Superman and Lois Lane. They're not supposed to not be together. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. The, the, the editors upstairs have this weird thing on both sides where like characters can't get, can't be married. Cause like it's, it ruins stories. I'm like, bro, no, it doesn't. Yeah. What's yeah. Weird, I think, no difference than being in a relationship and being married. They're still together. I think uh, Parks and Rec proved that you don't need to to break people up to add drama. Yeah. Or and that character growth can happen. Because uh, Parks and Rec was one of the first TV shows to have two characters be married and have it not be a major plot point that they're going to break up or they're going to do they got the marital problems or whatever. What? Yeah. April and Andy, right? Sure. Oh. sure. Yeah, April, Andy, and also even Leslie and Ben. Okay, them too. Yeah, I didn't want to say that in case. In case I didn't want to say that in case Sparks hadn't seen it. Oh, that's an early. Season, I'm not though. paying enough attention yeah. to those facts. Okay. Um, yeah, I just I really like the way Nick Spencer's writing everyone, yeah. but I really like how he's handling Peter in this like next uh, ma- maturing growth of himself and yes. uh, his relationship with MJ. <laughs> And uh, I I really, really enjoy everything that happened in this whole arc. I like the message behind him uh, related to the split. I love what he's doing with Kirk Connors. Yes. Um, it's it's all stuff to be excited about. The Kindred stuff is stuff to be excited about. Um, I know down the road, because I've, I've read a bit further than this, I know there's stuff with Jameson that gets real good that you guys are going to want to check out. Um, I highly encourage you to catch up on this run. Nick Spencer's killing it. Yeah. 
Um, I gotta say, uh, like I said earlier, um, I when it was called Back to Basics, I was really scared that it was just straight up just gonna be we're just gonna forget everything and it's just gonna be <laughs> oh I'm broke again I can't be responsible and like once you're 30 years old like you gotta grow up a little bit, a little bit. So I'm glad that it is it is it is doing Back to Back to Basics, but he is still evolving as a person and he can still get a job. He doesn't have to be broke his entire life. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. after a while, you're a smart guy, Peter. Come on. You know? Yeah. So I'm glad that like we're at this stage now. We're like, cool. We're evolving. Everyone's evolving. Last time I saw last time I saw Peter, and this is about a year or two after this run started, uh, in Spider Gwen and Go and Ghost Spider. Uh he's a professor mm-hmm. at uh the school. Cool. Yeah. So I think that's I think I'm excited to see how that he was doing that before so yeah like, get it back at it yeah. yeah exactly um i'm i'm very happy about it i think nick spencer is exactly the right person right now to take spider-man into the future 100 um okay uh ben mm-hmm. your book next week what do you got is. uh we're gonna keep the marvel train rolling with house of m nice house yeah, of m what'd you say ryan who's the creative team ben that's important uh hold up let me get my book it's it's down here. I forgot to grab it up. I'm just saying, man. People make books. They're, they don't come out of nowhere. I know they make books. I they mean, don't? No. I, I, I can just go. I know it. All right. Tell me, because you know what? It's, it's Michael, Brian Michael Bendis, and Olivia Copio. There we go. I wasn't sure I'm the artist. All right. So, guys, House of M next week. Check Fun that fact. out. This um, House of M was one of Marvel's uh, big – this is not obviously their, best, their first big event, but this was the first huge event that that turned them into the event, the seasonal event thing. House of M is the first real big one to do this, where we got Civil War and Secret Invasion. So, like, this is a big one. Um, all right. So next week we don't know – we'll talk about it, but we don't exactly know what we're talking about next week. So stay tuned for that. Um Okay, guys, that'll be that'll do it. So, uh, if you guys want to check out more stuff from us, we have a YouTube page. You can check out that. You can check out our YouTube page. Link in the description there. Um, we have shows Fake Nerds Watch, which we've done. Uh, Fake Nerds Watch of Star Trek Picard, Watchmen, uh, something, uh, many, many more. The Boys, Stranger Things, Stranger Things. Don't um, say the D one. What? Don't, don't say the D one. <laughs> the D one. Dark Crystal. Oh, you said it. Yeah, you said uh, it. Oh, Dark Crystal. Maybe someday. Um, Basement Arcade, which is continuing to go with Mortal Kombat. If you guys want more Mortal Kombat, you check out our Basement Arcade series where we're going through Mortal Kombat 9. Um, there might be some more Basement Arcade in the future when schedules open up. Well, I hope so. This is uh, this is my last uh, real heavy week for school. All my finals are pretty much coming up with the exception of two. Um this week so once i'm past this i'll have a lot more time to dedicate to reading comics to playing games to all that kind of stuff so we're, we're talking about basement arcade after that very cool um okay guys yeah. we, uh, if you also want to if you also want to uh help the show you can we have a funko affiliate uh code in the link in the description use promo code shop 10 for 10 percent off your purchase just click the link in the description buy your funko pops there you go yes there are plenty of funko pops over there um we also have a Patreon. I uh, think Joey's on for subscribing to our Patreon. Uh, we also have a T Public. T Public, by the way, is start selling masks now. So if you can, I'll, I've activated some of those masks. So if you want a fake nerd podcast mask, uh, go right ahead, uh, support the show. Link in the description for both of those things. Or you can find all these things on our website, which yeah. is also in the description fakenerdpodcast.com uh, for everything fake nerd podcast. Um, 
Thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to those who are in the comics uh, comment section for this live video, Meg. Uh, the uh, conflict spot, Just Rican. Uh, thank you for popping in. And anyone else who is silently watching, we know you're there. We can see the counter. That's silent but deadly. Um, thank you to Jeremy Bellucci for our uh, for interim music. So if you're not listening, if you're not listening to this, if you just watch the live stream, um, listen to the music's on our on our iTunes page. Just go up after that. Um, you can find him at Instagram at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards. He also has a show, Suburban Proctologist. Ninth episode is up now, and he just did a YouTube page, and he's working on the Patreon. He's getting stuff. He's getting stuff going. Hell yeah! So uh, check that out all on iTunes or Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist official Instagram at the podcast. Mike Patola, thank you, Mike. Thank you for doing uh, Mike's Possible Trivia Challenge once again for Mainframe Comic Con. That was a lot of fun. Uh, now that we know we can do it with this setup, we may be doing some more in the future, so stay tuned. Um, you can find him at Mike Matola. Twitter, we are, we are all on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. If you have to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Marks. Uh, mm, mm, Hey, you can find yeah. me up entirely on Nick Spencer's awesome, amazing Spider-Man run at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-B-A-R-K-Z Witty. Also driving myself crazy with schoolwork. Ben? Uh, you can find me on the internet at BenMaggot27 on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine. I swear, my Final Fantasy article is going up tonight. It's done. It's ready. It's going up tonight after I get some food in me. And also, I'm doing a book club with uh, Downright Nerdy for Dragon's Wrath by Richard Lippin. So that's up on YouTube on Downright Nerdy stuff. Ryan, touch tips. Okay, where tips are you? Cool. I'm at DJ Tony Snark everywhere. You can find me on Twitch and YouTube, streaming video games. Beep, beep, four. Subscribe to us on also, iTunes. Also, weren't you just on Bored and Annoyed? I was. We did take a week off, but yeah, I forgot. Thank you, Sparks. I did a uh, Bored and Annoyed with all the guys that we do every Saturday. We did um, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. I love that movie. Truly one of the best comedies ever made. What a what a, what a a fun time. Solid 80 minutes of romp. Love it. I wanted to do that one, but I couldn't find my movies. <laughs> so I couldn't do it. It was free on, on YouTube. I had no idea. Okay, anyway. Subscribe to I, us on- I wanted to do that one too, but I'm like, I'll, I'll just bring way too much nostalgia bias to that one. <laughs> Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, rate and review, wherever you'll get us. We greatly appreciate it. Be sure to select, subscribe to this video. Make sure to click the bell icon for this video. Make sure to click on that kitty cat. Uh, no, make sure to click on the subscribe button. Did I say that? Whatever. Subscribe, yeah. like, subscribe, rate, review. Stay fake nerds. Also like and subscribe. Also like and subscribe and faking stay fakes and fake steak. Fake steak.